Hi. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to It Bears Repeating. And it does. Another RuPaul's Drag Race recap show. Yes, God. We're here to review episode three. Is that all it is? <laughs> I think so. My God. <sighs> How was your week, Tiffany? It was fine. How was yours? It was okay. I had an interview. Oh, yeah. Tell I me went, all about it. Well, it went pretty well, I think. It's for... <laughs> For like something that I would, you know, one would probably ever see me working in. It's very like suitsy, and I'm very like femboy realness. So I'm gonna, not that I don't butch it up, but I'm, I mean, it's just the front desk job, but like a queen's always gonna greet you, right? Whether it's a woman or a man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you ain't wrong. And I've been working in like the front, I've been working as a front desk person like for my entire life. So I think I can handle it. And you are the face. Yes. I'll just be like, hi, welcome to... But I'm not going to say it in case I get it, because I don't think that's something that I would be allowed to discuss publicly. Maybe just Yeah, so we'll just leave sure. that what it is. But it went well. Um, I should know by Monday whether or not... Wow, well, that's I was so last, exciting. I was the last person they interviewed, and my staff... Oh, that's great. My staffing agent said it's always good to be last, because you're like... Fresh. You're the freshest in their Exactly. Mind. Ooh. No, I think that was really weird, is they didn't ask me questions. Side note. I have two dogs in the house. We are babysitting my parents' dog, Zoe. So it is very pop. We took their collars off to avoid some jingly janglies. That but was- there is literally puppy dog wrestling. Yeah, they're fighting over the one one of seven tennis balls that are in this house. So You know what it is. Yeah. Um, but also this week, I discovered a new podcast. Oh, okay. It's Tell called- me more about this because okay. I haven't listened yet. So it's called True Crime Obsessed. Okay. And what they do is watch True Crime this through me because I've listened to true crime shows before podcasts. Okay. And they normally just cover whatever and like research news articles on different levels. They either like do very little research, you know, via my favorite, a la my favorite murder, where they're just kind of like <laughs> telling me what yeah. they know. Yes. Yeah. And then we have like last podcast on the left to like do like weeks on exactly. one thing. So you, this is, think more my favorite murder, but they review, like basically do what we do. With true crime docs. Ooh. Yeah. So they'll watch a true crime. And sometimes like the, what they call a true crime documentary can lean really far. Like maybe not feel like, yeah. Cause they reviewed catfish. That's one of their first episodes. Oh, okay. So it's like, is catfish true crime? Cause like technically no one went to jail. Like no, nothing. I mean, the only thing that bad happened is poor Neve was catfished. Do you know what I mean? I've never really watched catfish. I've seen like a couple episodes, but I've well, the, never. It originated. It was originally a like, documentary. Anyway, besides the point. Anyway, okay. So it's like like I'm saying. It's like sometimes it's a murder documentary. Sometimes they did like a review of the keepers, but they're like fast. Like all of the ep- fun. All the I like that. Are less than an hour, and so it's Kevin and Jillian with a G because she like makes it very known. very clear. All right, girl. <laughs> and they are so funny, and apparently they're both friends with Robbie Roselle. Which I saw, I saw that whole exchange on Twitter. So Robbie knows everyone. He officially knows Amanda. He officially knows all these people. Hi, Robbie. Hi, Robbie. Um, you, get us in the door. Like, I don't what, know if you I, listen, but if we could famous. just be in your stratosphere, <laughs> if I could just be adjacent. Um, yeah. I'm a nice person with a lot to offer. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a great new podcast. If you like true crime and you like laugh, like it's funny. So if you're not fucked up enough to like laugh at catastrophe, then it's not going to be for you. Right. They are very kind to the people who deserve to be kind to, but they tear up heart the people who do not deserve the time of day. And in the later episodes, in the more recent episodes, uh, Jillian has a bell 
And so when something's fucked up, she just rings the bell. And it's <gasps> I so funny. It's like literally like a front desk, like ding bell. She just like, it's so funny. She gets so aggravated. She just like taps it. That's amazing. Yeah, I recommend it. So definitely listen to those. Easy listen, easy breezy, very Ooh, quick. I like that. Yeah. So I listened to, well, I've been listening to, but this week I listened to our good squirrel friend, Nick's Big A Pod. Oh, yes. The most time. recent episode. Mm-hmm. So it's, what's the full name? Very bad, no the good. The no good, very bad gay. Podcast. Pod- okay. <laughs> so this week he had All Right Mary's Johnny on and they talked about Showgirls. Have you seen Showgirls? No, I am a worse gay than Nick. Okay. So yeah, I, that's why okay, I asked. Officially now. I didn't I am assume. I asked. <laughs> I would definitely watch it maybe. It's it, at least listen to the podcast because of course, as we are familiar with the way that Nick and Johnny both speak, yeah. it's really funny to hear them I talk to about the, I listened to the Did podcast. Did you listen to it? Okay. I listened to the podcast. I will never watch I, the movies. I cannot. I will watch <laughs> seven hours of Drag Race before I commit to an hour and a half of one story. Showgirls is opulent. How many hours it's long is it? It's an event. It's not very long. They literally told you that you could stop watching at a certain point. At a certain point. point. <laughs> well, it's, it's like not... if you don't, if you can't recognize that Nomi is terrible. a piece of shit. Okay. Yeah. Then it, there's no point in you watching it because you're not going to be able to like get on board with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just going to make you mad. It's more what he was saying. But it's so good. I First of all, I love Nick naturally. Of course. But I also love All Right Mary. So yeah. this was like a fun little mashup to hear them talk about something else. And then I felt like I was in on the joke because they were making like drag race references. Right. And I was like, I hear you. I know that. <laughs> I know that. So it was really good. I, I enjoyed that a lot. But I think that's all I've really done this week. Good. I haven't done. I'm so behind on my podcast backlog. I'm, it's I, crazy. I had to delete some. I was so far behind. I had things from Same. October. I hadn't listened to. It's been, it's been deep. So I've. I've been queuing up with, like, all of our good Judys in the podcast realm yeah. who cover Drag Race. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, like, a huge chunk of time already. Yeah. And I'm living for it. So, like, I'll return to everything else eventually. Oh, I have to get away from it after a certain point. But, like, if, you're, if your podcast isn't out by Tuesday, I'm normally like, okay, I have to move I'll on. I have to, like, yeah. Do, yeah, to do something else. That's fair. And then whenever I rewatch the season again, I can listen to people who That's I haven't true. listened to. I've just been committed to a couple. Yeah, no, same. Um, so. But like we said, we always listen to them after we record our episodes. So, right. So, like, everything always. we say is our opinion. Fresh. Yeah. So. Hot takes. There's something I'd like to discuss. <laughs> Okay. We get into this episode. I'm gonna try to get through this episode without saying she's sure dead, and that they did the damn thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say whatever the fuck I want to say. Gonna, I don't care. I'm gonna try to not say it. So I picked up a bad habit from you, and I noticed oh, this a couple no. episodes ago. And I wasn't gonna say anything because I don't want to get in your head about it. But there's something that you tend to do sometimes. And um, no. Oh, you were like, and then I was like, and yes. then we were like. There was a lot of that going on. In the yeah. one episode, I was literally mirroring mirroring you. <laughs> so you were doing it, and then I would do it. And then you would do it, and then I would do it a little bit more. I'll come up with better similes. Jesus. No, it's fine. I think it's a normal... I think it's a way to sound... <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first of many cuts we're probably going to have to make. Yeah, it's fine. Let's just move on. We're going to try yeah. to do good okay. for you guys. So, How about that? But we are going to discuss episode three of RuPaul's Drag Race. Season 10, I was almost at All Stars again. Uh, tap that app. Tap it. So we zoom in. It's after Calories Elimination. And the first thing I noticed is that Vixen cannot draw a straight line on her eyebrows. And it drives me insane. I haven't noticed And that. it's not, I don't know that it's like 
the, the natural time. brown because she like highlights she like highlights around. I her love the glitter the in her corner brow. She thing? does the glitter all the way around. Okay, it goes around the whole brow, and I think. It's like whenever she whenever she draws over her brows to do like the glitter. Oh, is that where the there's, there's some squiggles at her tail of her brow? Mm. And it, it, I, as someone who used to work in an industry where we only talked about brows and we had to draw on brows all day, the fact that this girl, like, messes them up with like what she puts over top of them drives me insane. And I know that's like a personal quirk, but like that was all I was You're looking at to your whenever we like cut back to the the workroom if i had your background i'm sure that i would register it and dislike it as well so um we found out like vixen and monique swapped hair at this point because they bring up that she wasn't wearing her own hair correct okay and then um aquaria is like a bitter betty about it she's like that's immediately when the talking head comes up and she's like i just think it's funny that your best drag wasn't even Mm. your own drag but like side note Vixen didn't win last week because of her outfit. She won because she performed the best in Farmer Rusical. And her outfit was impassable. Tiffany and I have discussed that the runway basically means nothing anymore. Yeah, it's not. Unless if you really fuck it up. Yeah. You have to really bomb it for it to be brought up. Alexis Michelle, that's how you lost that one week with your fur. Whatever the fur was. Right. No. What was the main challenge? Oh, um. That's Kardashian musical. Oh, is that what it was? I think it was. Okay. Because she was Chris and she was like 100% sure she was going to win. And then she didn't because she wore a stupid dress. And then Monique is better about not being a winner. And um, I think Monique's problem is she doesn't realize that, like, her vision isn't speaking for itself. And, like, she needs to make it come across in a way where everyone can, like, read what she's trying to tell us. It's not that people are ignoring. It's just that it's not fully realized. Because up until this episode... uh, Michelle and Carson have never even heard these the queens who have not been in the top or bottom speak. <laughs> mm, that's so, a good point. So, like, this is her first impression, really, as far as, like, getting dialogue in. So, I mean, at least it's a challenge where she can shine on her own because she does get to speak. But it needs to speak for itself. I know. I always... not. I'm not surprised when people come hard and are like, I need to be... I'm not doing well. And it's like, well, it's the third episode and you're still here. So I wouldn't say that you're not doing well. You might want to say, at least if I, if it were me, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I want to stand out more. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just want to be, I want to be recognized. I don't know that I would start telling myself the story that I'm being ignored. I can see how when you're in such a high pressure situation with like 14 other people, how it might begin to feel that way. But Mm -hmm. I think, to emotionally survive the experience, perhaps not approaching it that way. You know what I mean? So I always get a little concerned when people are so heavy handed. And it tends to be the beginning of the episodes when these kind of conversations happen. Right. And typically in past seasons, this used to be like a, sign, a telltale. Yeah, yeah. A sign that you are not going to make it through this whole episode. So then RuPaul comes in. Well, it's like the next day and RuPaul comes in. I feel like nothing. It was no, like. No, they, they talk all... about the difficulty of the challenge. Monet brings up the sponge again. And that was my favorite part of the entire exchange. I'm so. not going to lie. I am living for the sponge. I making am too. it through the whole series. I'm not upset about I the mean, sponge at all. 
first of all, Monet, I need to step, you need to step your pussy up so I can see you in the top three position. Because as of right now, I'm not seeing it specifically for a couple reasons in this episode. But we'll get to those. So they... It's, it's a, a new, new day. It's a new day in the workroom. They get to the table and then literally RuPaul is walking in. Like, I don't think anything's discussed no. before RuPaul comes I could in. hardly take in what they were wearing. Like, yeah. everybody had just stopped moving. And then she and Paul comes into the room and he starts talking about the mini challenge. What? <laughs> That's what it was like the whole episode. And, um, the mini challenge is gonna be. I mean, what was the mini challenge even supposed know what to be? It was <laughs> We're gonna do a so casting clearly... call for chocolate for bars. RuPaul chocolate bars. I sound very suspicious. So the tea is probably that RuPaul was sick during the filming of this episode. And instead of just manning up at the very beginning and saying, hey, Hey, I'm not feeling very well and I'm going to be whispering through the whole episode. We are all just aggravated because we don't know. Understand. (laughs) It's just, it really works in this mini challenge. But after that, like when Ru was (laughs) was delivering like the goodbye puns at the end of the episode, they were like, there was no emphasis on anything. So you're like, I'm missing the joke because the way you're delivering this. And it's just, it's just distracting. It's distracting when someone's sick and you're talking to them in general so it was just distracting it's okay if you're sick rupaul yeah so no big deal we're doing a casting call for rupaul's chocolate com- bar which commercial. is a real product that i believe you can purchase it is but it's expensive well, well of course, of course it, is. it is yeah so <laughs> i just have highlights from the casting challenge i have some more specific things but a lot of my notes. So I really like this mini challenge. I thought it oh, was hilarious. This is probably my favorite mini challenge they've ever had. I agree. Because it was, I was laughing so hard. Can I just say, some of these girls are really good at getting in quick drag. And really good Ms. at Mayhem it. Miss Mayhem Miller is full woman. That's what I, that is one of my notes. Um, full woman. She's a biological female, yeah. more so than I will ever be in any way, shape, or form. Gorgeous. And it was like natural. She looked. It wasn't like draggy at all. She no, looked she like was a just like woman. I'm on my way out the door. Yeah. Asia also was just like unreal. It was beautiful. She had on like that one piece that was like brighter colors, but she had oh, on that but, hair yeah. that is just like perfectly toned mm. for her. I, Gorgeous, Miss Crackers. I Bunny love hops. that fucking outfit on her. It's like not the first time I've seen it. She yeah. wears it other places, but I fucking live for it. It, I just love it. And she was pretty funny, too. So Dusty wore it. the same thing she wore last week for the hoedown challenge. Don't at me. It's literally the same thing. Don't at me. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Aquaria thinks the national anthem is the Pledge of Allegiance. Which is pretty funny. It I'm was. always surprised when she makes me laugh. I really hope she embraces that she's sort of like an, an airhead. Head. Yeah. That would make me happy. But we'll see. And then Blair is serving Wednesday Adams' realness. <gasps> and when she rests... On the ladder. Me too. I, I was like, me what? too. I'm already saying me too because I I lived for it. And I was so she seems to know what her strengths really are yeah. and to, she knows what parts of her personality to play up, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she did it here and she did it in the Maxi Challenge and she was just so precious. And she also looked really cute. And to be honest, I was kind of like going through everyone's track record. At this point, Blair has like the best track record overall. She's Does been in the she? top twice. <gasps> wow. Yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah. I hadn't thought about overall at this point where we were at. I don't know about anyone else, but I was living for Eureka's wall. Eureka, yeah, with like her hands in front of her <laughs> yeah, face. She's like, it's an invisible wall. And <laughs> cool. So I was 
howling during the mini challenge. And Josh literally turns to me and he's like, is that doing you good? Is this good? And I was like, yes. He hasn't seen past mini challenges, so he doesn't no, know. No, he doesn't fully understand that we are rewatching season five Ugh. in our off time for fun. So, okay. Monet being Irish, and I don't know why Irish is equated to whispering. <laughs> She's like, I'm from... Ireland. I don't know if it was because she had on all green. Like it doesn't even matter. It was so, she was thinking on her feet because whenever RuPaul's like, do a jig for me, and she and just she's jiggles just her, shaking her titties. Oh my god, <laughs> too much. It was too. so good. And then the singing, sings the thing. Is she just saying Edinburgh? I, I think like I'm that. pretty sure she was just like Edinburgh. Like uh, what was what was she singing? But I literally think she was just singing Edinburgh. <laughs> so good. And then <laughs> the icing on the cake is Monique Hart. Mm-hmm. Her whole, her accent. <laughs> That's the best Jamaican accent. That's, That's the worst, worst Jamaican, Jamaican accent, accent I've ever heard. So she sounds like this. British. Is gonna, this is going to mean nothing to anyone but me. But there's this uh, drama channel on YouTube that talks about makeup. And her name is like Bitter. Be- I literally think her name is Bitter Betty or something. like. I think it's Betty. Monique sounds just like her. And it was like disturbing to me. <laughs> and it was like, I was like, oh my God. I'm tossed. I'm confused. So do you have any other people you'd like to shout out for the mini No, ones? that's okay. literally everything. So the winners are Blair, Monet, and Monique. And they get to d- pick their teams for these apps. These, these dating apps that are very specific to certain things. So we have the end of days app which goes to Blair. Mm-hmm. We have Fibster, which goes to Monique. And then for Monet, she gets Madame Butterface. So who are on the teams? Who does each person pick? Okay. Blair chose Miss Cracker, Eureka, and Vixen. Monet chose Asia and Aquaria and then was given Yuha. Or Yuha chose Monet. Well, no, she was... That was just Because she was person. last, yeah. right. And there was an but even amount chose, of people. But then she chose, right. And then she... Decided, and then Monique got Dusty, Cameron, and Mayhem. Yeah. So then the teams start to get to work, and Monique's team sits down, and everyone has a lot of input except Mayhem. And like literally, some of the things they brainstorm right at the beginning were pretty good, and they make it into the commercial. So like Cameron's like, I think we should have someone in like an insane asylum in a straitjacket being like belted down. That literally ends up being Dusty's character in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then they're just kind of spinning ideas and like very, it was a very good start of conversation for it. But Mayhem is like not talking. Not really, no. Not engaging with and them And I don't at know all. if she was just. I don't know what she was. I'm not sure what It's happened. so weird because it was like, you've been so engaged the last two episodes. What is, what like, is Like, are this? you intimidated or? Yeah. And we'll get to that because I have a lot to say about whenever people start talking about being intimidated by Monique because that was not fair. That was No, that was I not think fair that was all. baloney. So would you say the act one gun here is mayhem? Uh I thought the act one gun is Mo- Monique. Because oh. she always she thinks everything's gonna like come back to her. Cause like at the very beginning of the episode she's like, I have to win. I need to win. I need to show people like what I'm here to do. So I thought Monique was in trouble this whole episode. Did you really see I, I think yeah. that's so interesting. I, I try not to think ahead too far in the episode just because it takes me out of what's happening in the moment. So I try yeah. to stay very grounded. But I you can tell that Mayhem may be in trouble at this point. Right, but she's exactly. not saying anything. So it's like, well, what are I you doing? I don't know what's yeah. happening yet. So then we're to end of days. Is that, right? I, I have Monet talking next. Monet's team. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So Monet 
you has trying to change the name of the app. Oh, I know that. Out these weird and ideas. Like, Why? And Monet in their talking head is like, I did not choose Yuha for a reason. She just happened to be last, and that like ended up on my team. Like Monet fully knew that Yuha was like not going to excel at this because challenge. she knows her. Knows yeah, her. sure. Um, but that's really all that happens is like Monet telling Yuha like, "Chill, we're brainstorming." It's like super not early. a big deal, yeah. right? And then it goes to the end of team okay. end of days. So what do you have? What's so this is where Eureka is pitching her ideas and yes. she's, you know, mm-hmm. potentially saying we could do this, we could do that. I could do the whole, you know, I know it's tried and true, but like do a sort of like a fat joke She thing. calls it typical. Stereotype. She says it's She typical. knows. Yeah. She, and it's not like she leads in with that. She doesn't. No. She's like, what if we framed the whole thing like this, whatever, whatever, whatever. And also like I could contribute this. I didn't take it as her trying to control the situation or steer it so it's the Eureka show. I didn't read that at all. No, I didn't. People are jumping on Eureka before I feel like Eureka has a chance to, like, even make a mis- like, say something. Right, which is very interesting yeah. because Vixen, obviously, who we'll talk about a lot this episode and <laughs> her personality and yeah. her perspective, it's so interesting the first chunk of the episode to hear her give pushback against like specifically Eureka in this way. And she has a couple talking heads like later on in the episode right. about Eureka specifically. But it's just like, cool it. You're not contributing at all based on what we're showing. No, but you know what else is interesting is when you consider how she responds to Eureka rubbing her the wrong way as opposed to how people respond to her vixen later. Yeah. It's very interesting. So then it flashes back to... Fibster, t- right? Yes. Okay. So... Monique asks Cameron if she wants to write lines while Cameron's like, I like how Cam- I like how she's like, uh, I know it takes you two hours to paint. I don't think she was throwing shade. I think that, I know, but it was just funny. I think Cameron was just like starting to glue down her brows. And so like, she, I think Monique was just trying to finalize things before she started painting. Right. So like Cameron comes over. It was over. cute this to me though, because then Cameron comes over and he's like, still gluing brushing brows. his brows yeah. up. Mm-hmm. So Cameron's like, do you want me to be the narrator? I wrote a lot of those lines. He's so sweet. Yeah. He's like, if you don't want me to do that, it's totally fine. But you I, know, was just I was suggesting. just thinking. Yeah. Right. Monique turns to, turns to Mayhem. Hey, do you want to be the narrator? Because you can be the narrator. Or do you want a different part? Silence. Basically. Mayhem kind of like shrugs her shoulders. Doesn't really say anything. And then Monique confirms several times before she turns this sure role does. over to Cameron. So Cameron's like, it doesn't matter. Like, Cameron's like, I'm not trying to step Fully on toes here. doesn't care. Yeah. Like. It was just an idea because I wrote the line. Yeah. And I can understand that. You don't have that much time. If Cameron wrote the lines, people who, when you write down, that's like a way to memorize things is to write them down. So if mm-hmm. Cameron wrote them, she might know them the best and might have the best, the easiest time delivering them. And who knows them. what may or may not have happened with them practicing because you see them working on workshopping what yeah. they're going to include and then it jumps to them getting ready. Right. So what? So to, who knows? Like if how much Mayhem, time they have to rehearse? Right. Yeah. If Mayhem maybe was showing, you know what I mean? Who knows? Right. It's just interesting. But Mayhem, because she's very cool about Mayhem it. Mayhem at no point in this conversation says, speaks up. Did not push and Monique, the issue. Monique says in her talking head, she was, she said, like people who don't open their mouth don't get fed. Right. Speak your needs. And Monique was did <clears throat> not come at Mayhem at all. Not and, at all. At, not in an attacking way. Not even as loud as we've seen Monique speak to other people. It was like very calm. Very even. Just like, hey, what do you think? What is your opinion? And I. I don't even think Monique would have reacted poorly nope. if Mayhem decided. And I don't think Cameron would have either. No, because it all seemed like 
This is just a thought I had. Everybody wants yeah. the group to succeed. Right. So that, what ha- there, things that get discussed later really piss me off when I have yeah. testimony. I know exactly what you're going to so, say. So uh, Yuha's doing her makeup and she's doing her makeup too pretty. And so both Monet and Aquaria are like, hey, I need, I need, we need you to be uglier. Please don't wear a nose. We have two people who are wearing prosthetic noses. Why don't you do moles with like gross hairs coming out of it? Related, unrelated. Yuha, if you really wanted a nose... Because it comes up later. Yeah. Like, if you really wanted one, you could have said, can I just, can I wear one? I, I want to wear one. Is it possible for me to still wear one? Right. I don't really know what else to do with my face. Right. Because who knows? Maybe that was part of the issue. Instead of, like, getting shitty. She, like, yells at them. Clutch She's like, my pearls correct. She, I was like, oh, girl, what? She is, like, fully, like, stop yelling at me. And both Monet and Aquaria are like, whoa, 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 whoa. I appreciated the way Aquaria, she was like, no, 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 fully, like, I'm not yelling at you yeah. even slightly. Yeah. So that's exactly how I would have responded. And and so she can, so Yuha continues to paint her face. I think something happens between my two notes here, but it goes right into... Uh, Yuha starting to do her brows with glitter. Clearly, Yuha is trying to make fun of the Vixen and Dusty Ray Bottoms with her makeup. She does dots and she does glitter brows. So oh. she's trying to throw shade, but no one gets it. No, sure didn't. So I don't think the Vixen nor Dusty Ray Bottoms even No, not even. Happening. Didn't register it at all. <laughs> and I didn't. That makes. That actually makes more sense. Her choices make more sense if you frame it that way. Well, and you know what else, too, I noticed? So the way that it comes up that Yua is drawing her brows on that way is because Aquaria goes to Monet. Right. And says she's putting glitter on her eyebrows. Right. Yeah. And this is when, so the first time I watched it, I was like, well, I won't want to say anything to Yua either. She already bit Aquaria's head off once. Yeah. But then the second time I watched it, I was wondering if this starts to bring up the question of how Aquaria handles herself in conflict, if she's good at it or not. I, at this point, I have no issue with Aquarius. No, I don't either. Yeah. I'm just like spec. I'm just yeah. literally asking the question is like, maybe you're not very good. Well, she at came it. to the team leader and like, right. And I feel like if anyone has to say something to Yuha about her makeup, right. it should I be suppose. the team leader. But I probably would have, I probably, I don't know that I would have been able to stop myself from being like, why are you putting glitter on your brows? You know what I mean? Yeah. I would have, I. Speaking personally, well, that could also speak to Aquaria thinking like, I don't know that I can handle this properly. Let me see if someone else can. Right. So um, Monet tells you how she looks too pretty, and like you how like doesn't get it. She's like, no, it's gonna be ugly, and it's not. No, it's not even remotely. So it's fine. So. This Vanjie gets brought up at some point. Sure does. It's right and, after this. Yeah. Because they're like, luck of the sponge. We've got it. So on and so forth. I'm hearing Miss Vanjie is Isn't. It? Yep. Miss Vanjie. And they all just start chanting it. And it just like warms my little heart. Me too. And it made Josh laugh uh, as well. And what I pointed out was it was cool that they were still bringing it up like it was a thing amongst them. Because obviously months later, the internet is yeah. still feeling... Yeah, I love that it like was a thing and they knew it. Like they you know knew that I we mean? were going like, to be that's like so funny. Yeah, the like, aftershock. And, and it looks like it's going to come up again next week. It was in the the preview. So yep. like it's it's God to... bless Vanessa Manchester. Yeah. We so love you. we cut now to working with Carson and Michelle on the commercials. Mm-hmm. And first up is Fipster. 
And I marked down, this bothered me, that Monique just used this big booby gag in her mini challenge, and she's using it again in the main challenge. And that might not bother some people. It's like, we're in the same episode. I wouldn't have mind seeing this gag again later on. But it's just like, come on, girl. And her thing wasn't about her tits being fake. And no, it wasn't. It was an afterthought. If, yeah, if that was part of the script, I would have got it. Like, she had the fake tits on, and then, like, in reality, she had no tits. Like, I, so, so this is where I think – sorry, I didn't mean to – No, go ahead. So I would said earlier off mic that I felt that Fibster was the hardest of the apps to write for just because there was no clear gag. And I think this is kind of, like, indicative of that. You can have a joke in there, but unless if you connect it through because you only have so much time, yeah. it's just going to seem like an afterthought or an unfinished one. Yeah. So the the whole thing with Mayhem, no. Well, so Cameron so, starts with her. Yeah, 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 yeah. She starts with her lines, and she's not being big enough, and she's getting feedback in it. She's not really changing it. She's taking some of the feedback, but she's not dragging it up for anyone. No. And, um, well, we'll get to Mayhem in a second. Yeah, and that's why I yeah. waited. <laughs> so Monique starts directing I'm herself. Learning. I loved that. That was so cute. She was like, blah, 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 ready, action, blah, 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 cut, ready, action. action. And like both. You could tell that she was very nervous this whole time. Oh, yeah. But she used it productively. Mm-hmm. And I love that because sometimes you can get nervous and use it against other people and be shitty and yeah. combative because you don't know what to do with the energy. Mm-hmm. She was just like, you know what? And her character was. Full steam ahead. Her I got character this. was fully realized. It was. So, and that's why it worked. Mm hmm. But, like, Michelle... Zoe is fully chewing this ball against my leg. I just want to let you know. Okay, hold on one second. (laughs) Okay, so, sorry about that. (laughs) It's going to be a rough... It's going to be a bumpy ride for everyone on this this, this whole thing. So, um... She's productive with her little self-directing. It's very cute. then Mayhem goes in to do her part. And, like, the... I don't. So I'm gonna explain what the gag was if you please, didn't catch because it. I I thought I understood it in rehearsal, but then when they showed it later, I didn't understand it again. C- Cameron and Mayhem are the same person. Okay, that's Cameron what I is who's on the app, who you see. The fib is that it's actually Mayhem. Oh, okay. So later on in the commercial, I have this. So what down. they needed to do. Sorry, no, go ahead. You first. <laughs> so what they need to do is either like uh, Bryce, the the man the, mm-hmm. in his underwear, pit crew, the yes. pit crew member. Yes, yes. He should have had a phone and like looked down. Exactly. It should have been Cameron's face and then looked back up at Mayhem and been like, like shrugged. Literally was what I was just about to yeah. say. But then they had that like dominatrix thing in. Well, that was kind of the point. Like, the too. like it was, yeah. See, that's it was what like I mean. an afterthought. Like, yeah. This is weird. You either, you needed to write jokes that made sense well, so what's not fair to Team Fibster? There clearly was an edit where Cameron's sitting at the thing typing and then uh, Mayhem flips her hair up and like waves to the camera. And it is not in the final cut. But when they're explaining oh. the gag later, they like flash this very quickly. And I was like, that would have solved the problem too. Also, later on, whenever Cameron's typing all of her shit in the final edit, the person speaking is Mayhem. Oh, I the person doing the voiceover that. is Mayhem. So that was supposed to try to tell us too, but we don't know your that's voices so yet. That's so subtle. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, that's too subtle. So then Mayhem can tell they're not doing well. And then bitches in her talking head, she was like, I could have done been the narrator better. 
I think like, being the narrator is hard most of the time. But also it's your own damn fault because you didn't fucking speak up. Right. Also, this gag wouldn't have worked in reverse either. Regardless. If, yeah, like if Cameron was pretending to be mayhem later on in the commercial. It wouldn't. No. It wasn't good It land. wasn't a good joke or a gag. The other thing. Oh, never mind. We'll get to it when we get to okay. the <laughs> So the next team up is End, end of, of Days. days. So Cracker says Michelle can smell fear. And you can, like, duh. Like, we all know that Michelle can smell fear. She sure can. Yeah. So the first thing that kind of happens, they start going and they're going, it's going pretty well. And Eureka actually hits Cracker with her back. You know what I love? Cracker rolls with it. She did. And like, it wasn't like she hit her hard. No, but she doesn't even, no shade noises, uh, no pause in the action. She's like, well, I just got hit with a clutch. That's fine. Drag (laughs) is a contact sport. Drag is a contact sport, which is so funny because it references the fisting joke she mm-hmm. made on the first episode. Mm-hmm. So I see you, Cracker, and I respect what you're doing. Exactly. Um, yes, ma'am. Uh. So, <laughs> so <laughs> the Vixen is basically invisible during all of this recording. So I was wondering at first. Okay. I was feeling like Cracker would have also been a good zealot because she her size and also I feel that she would have been able to, to deliver on it. And I was wondering at first if Vixen being the zealot was a little shady. But then when they show the whole thing, she does well. Like, she's She's funny enough. And I'm wondering, I wish we could have seen more of who chose what. Just because it did feel very dominated by Eureka Blair Mm -hmm. and Cracker. So it was curious. But I feel like she... She did the damn thing. Yeah. So in Vixen's talking head at the tail end of them recording, mm. she bitches about Eureka. Again. Be, like, of course, she's going to do well in this challenge because she's a scene stealer. Well, be better, Vixen, because that's what you would fucking tell anyone else who wasn't doing well. Right. That's Don't all. Don't be mad about it. Yeah. Be better. Don't be bitter. Be better. Exactly. Of course. Yes, ma'am. Anything else on end of days? No, I have Madam Butterface next. Okay. What do you think? What do you have over there? Okay, so... <laughs> Okay. Monet's <laughs> gag with she, her in the lumpy thing, yeah. it just wasn't, it wasn't enough because no, sure I didn't wasn't. get it. Yeah. I understood it because she had to explain it to me. And if the whole gag is that their faces are so ugly, but their bodies are banging. Mm-hmm. So your, your face is supposed to be beautiful with your lumpy ass body. You better have that duality hitting me over the head. But instead it was just sort of like, eh? Well, I think what she was trying to do was get away from a fat joke. So she made her body lump, like weirdly lumpy, like something that wouldn't like be like realistic. You, right. You could have made it more obvious. That's what you were doing, though. I don't know. It was her body was a weird shape. If you it wasn't you didn't get full body enough. All you saw was like the one like, like Coke weirdly, bottle tip. Yeah. You know? like it it was, was maybe they needed to draw more attention to it or like write in a joke that was more clear because they do kind of say it in the narration but she also does a lot of talking up front about what the app is yeah so i don't know if it's how they structured it because i noticed with end of days eureka blair and cracker all took a turn sort of narrating what the app does whereas in this case monet is the one who's explaining the app so maybe if they would have broken it up a little bit differently she would have had to a chance to make more of a joke about what she was wearing because it was sort of like lost and weird yeah. and then her earrings were weird and it reminded me of like testicles 
with what she had on. It was, like, these pink beads. I don't know. It just, like, wasn't. None of it worked for me. Like, if your face was supposed to be super beautiful, you have on these weird testicle-like earrings to me with that short hair wig again. Uh, It's just, like, not enough, especially when Asia comes in. Oh, my God. Because, my God. (laughs) Well, I didn't realize that Monet was, like, why don't you freeze whenever I get up as if you're both like frozen in time while I'm explaining this. And the face she chooses to make is one I will never forget until the day I die. <laughs> Asia O'Hara, what did you fuck? It is not okay. Why? It's perfect. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it was so good. Insane. Perfect choice. So you, huh? Let's roll <laughs> rolling around on the damn ball. She has no fucking clue what she's doing. She's like No. I don't even remember what she was saying, but she was delivering it the I same have a every hard time. Body. I'm a very strong it was like something I about, work out. It was something about being flexible. Like right. I can bend any which way. She know? said it, but she said it so very mechanically. But not there, it in, wasn't even a. It wasn't even funny. No matter no, that's how what you I say mean. it, yeah. like it was just very strange. And then the only cool thing or amusing part of that was when Aquaria. It's her duo moment. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's like, I could watch that over and over again. I do want to say, I really thought like Aquaria's fucked up face was quite impressive. Like I with did those too. She yeah, it was weird. It was. I liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like really into it. Uh, Kristen, the first thing that she said was. It's Milk's nose. And I was like, well, we have to understand that it's just a long nose and Milk did not invent it. But no. Yeah. So let's just, if she would have had that cropped hair, though, I'd have been like, then oh, it would have been, okay. okay. Right. Yeah. So then it kind of goes right into mirror moments. It yeah. sure does. Because we're, we're getting ready for eliminations. Yeah. And uh, there's that moment where Blair and Eureka are on the floor. Yes. Um, so did you read about Blair's dress? It was made by her mom. Yeah. Yeah. So Eureka also stayed up with her most of the night, the night before, like, helping to finish the garment. Oh. So that's what they were doing was they were, like, finishing touches on it. But I really liked that. And I love that Eureka was like, I'll be your friend. Yeah, it was really cute. (laughs) It's a a nice juxtaposition about, like, from everything that happens Happens the rest of this episode. It was just a nice little breather. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's just good to... I think a lot of the times on Drag Race, we they tend to skew towards devastating gay lives without highlighting people. And everyone has a different experience with being an out gay person. You either like love your family or you're like okay with your family or you're not. And I, right. and it's it's easier to tell a tragic story sometimes because it's less interesting when someone has a good life. But like it's also a valid, team. it's valid. And, and, I and it like, still should be heard. Yeah. Absolutely. So then the Vixen is kikiing with like Mayhem, Asia, Monique, and Cameron. And um, they're asking Vixen, like, how was it to not be a leader? And she didn't like it because she had no control. Which is but fair. you also, she didn't say anything. She didn't even like try to, it didn't even seem like Vixen was trying to like, if she had something better, she wasn't saying no, it. No, from what we saw, no. Right. And then Asia, Asia, Asia. Uh, not Asia, Asia. <laughs> Throws a little bit of shade about the vixen's hair not being drag that she brought with her. And 
they're all laughing mm. and then aquaria who was not even part of the conversation doing her makeup all the ab- way in the mirror yeah in the mirror away from everyone oh yeah away from everyone turns around and says say the same thing about this damn wig situation but in a very different tone of voice oh she sure did and it sets the vixen off and they start going at it she said that and there was like a pause for a minute and i heard the the law and order Dun, dun. <laughs> I was like, fuck, girl. Oh, no. <laughs> Why did you do that? Just the faces of Monique and Asia turning around like. And so Vixen is handing Aquaria her fuck. ass in this. It was it was glorious. And then who I don't know who sees it, but there's a spider. <laughs> and it truly <laughs> did save Aquaria's life. Yeah, it really did. It <laughs> Monique. I think it's on Monique's dress, so I wonder if she noticed it because she would have been working on it. And she, eh, this, I is the gay, this is the gayest you ever see queens. Well, Monique was show. like, I know I'm queening out, but oh my God. Mayhem <laughs> fully jumps over the <laughs> table. That's exactly what I was going to say. And then Cameron. my baby girl, Cameron, she just, she's Someone like. Someone said, that's a dinosaur. <laughs> She she gets a spider and it looks it like big. it looks like they didn't even kill it. It looks like they like went to they did a catch and release with this Fuck spider. That. And then Monet is just shaking her head <laughs> twenty feet away at a different table. She's like, it's I'm just not a doing damn this. Spider. Yeah, I'm not doing this. Monet is like, I have to kill five cockroaches every morning in my apartment like in New York City just to get just to live. I don't think that's actually Monet's living situation, but it could be anyone in New York it's City. It's very yeah. common. Yeah, I remember this the first time I saw a cockroach. It was terrifying. It is very scary. Ooh. My house that I moved into last year had cockroaches when I moved in, so it is very triggering. Ooh. Yeah, no, I don't Ooh. like bugs, so I get it. So then we have our uh, a very emotional conversation. So Dusty Shit. is talking to Blair, and Dusty, as opposed to a few weeks ago, is fully engaged in this conversation right. this she's was, having this with was Blair. Like a natural yeah. occurrence. <laughs> yeah. She asks Blair if her parents are religious, and Blair reveals that her parents are very religious and still support her because they're good Christians. Because that's what good Christians do. Right. In theory, if that's what your choice is going to be, then, you know, fully accepting. Yes. Right. So it's beautiful to hear a story of a Christian upbringing and a young gay person being fully accepted into that world. Literally practicing what they preach. Yes. So then Dusty reveals um, that she doesn't speak with her family because... Kind of because of religion, but she doesn't blame religion, which is no. am- amazing considering the, what we hear next. So Dusty one night prays to God that she like needs a change. Well, he needs a change in his life and like something needs to happen. It's the next day. Dusty's mom comes up to her and was like, we have to have, have to a talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Dusty is forced to come out to her family. It does not go well. And... They literally have Dusty exercised. I'm shaking my head because it's awful. (sighs) Awful. And it's something, obviously, that Josh and I can't relate to because we're who we are. Yeah. That's not our, that's not something that we've had to deal with directly, but we both got like tears in our eyes. Because it's just unbelievable to me. I couldn't imagine. The thing that I always do when I have, like, something that doesn't relate to me but is something that relates to another person is just, like, thinking about the kids that I used to work with and treating one of them that way. You know what I mean? Or seeing them treated that way. It's just, like, 
Because it's like your parent. That's not how that's supposed to ever happen. That's not how that ever is supposed to happen. Okay. But like exorcisms are like really hard to come by. Like it's not every day that people are getting exercised. No. No. And I've. I, and this is this is some scary Christianity that they're into, uh, like a scary subsept. Because technically, I think exorcisms are Catholicism. Based, I believe so. Yeah, which is neither here nor there right. in this context. This is them taking a concept that you see in religion and then twisting it to be about this specifically. Yeah, subserve or what do I want to say? Subversive Therapy, lifestyle or whatever. Yeah, yeah know. you know what I mean. Like it's supposed to purge the person, which is just repulsive yeah disgusting unbelievable also like i have family that is gay and i cannot i had a hard time when they came out because i couldn't imagine what it was like having to like walk around knowing that and not living your truth Mm -hmm. you know what i mean just sort of knowing you had to wait for the right time and place to safely begin your life truly that hurt me let alone i couldn't imagine i would have killed i would have killed somebody if they stepped to my family this way yeah you know what i mean and put them through an experience like this and it's it's insane how strong dusty is she literally was told that she'd never find success or love if while being gay that's just i don't know i i feel for her but it's yeah it's like amazing that she has overcome this Exactly. And we find out that Dusty is engaged, which is great. And she seems to be like living a happy life. And she, the, the a most amazing part of the whole conversation is that Dusty still believes in God, still prays to God and believes that what happened was for a reason and that she needed to like have that experience to like live her life. It's literally the healthiest way that you would hope to process anything shitty that ever happens to you. Yeah. Like best case. Right. And uh, more power to her. She could have easily turned on religion mm-hmm. and the idea of it. And, like, talking to religious people would have been, like... A big some, no Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... That being said, her whole family needs locked up and put in a box and thrown into the sea. I don't care. <laughs> Fuck all y'all. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> so, I already knew this coming into the season because I believe I heard it on another podcast. But Monet is also a Christian... Which I love. She goes to church every Sunday. And I think I heard it on All Right, Mary. She does all of her gigs at 7 p.m. on Saturday, so she can go to church on time on Sunday. I love that. I love it, too. And that shows that's so healthy because it's showing the other side of it. Yeah. Not all religious people are going to treat someone like that. Yeah. So on Wednesdays, Monet goes to choir practice in full drag. Amazing. And then she invites all the girls to come to church with her because they would be fully accepted and embraced where she goes to church. And I think that's amazing. And I would have, I would love to hear that that happened. Me like too. Like I would really love. I would, I would I love, love to go to that choir practice with Monet. Oh, I mean, I, of course I would. Cause Monet, I, I found like in the Meet the Queens, we find out that she's an opera, trained opera singer. Mm-hmm. So ugh. I'd be here for it. Yeah. So then. Everything. So, then, so we we had a we low this, and then a high and then we're we're gonna honey. come we're gonna come crashing oh, honey. down. So <clears throat> I have written down I think almost verbatim. I'm not gonna read it word for word, but I wanted to make sure I was explaining or that Tiffany and I were gonna explain right. the situation correctly. After 
Monet makes the comment about mm-hmm. like everyone come to church with me. Mm-hmm. Aquaria makes a comment that she would like I'll meet you up I meet with you at brunch later on instead because she makes some bloody Mary. I'm a mother Mary. Yeah, I don't know. Mimosa. Yeah. Something like that. And so (laughs) the joke goes over poorly. And and like like, honestly, Aquaria, that was like not the time nor the place to make that comment because it was like a literal open door invitation and someone had just revealed like the deepest. Right. It was deeply personal and then you're sort of like making this joke out of it. Yeah. So then the vixen says, that wasn't funny. And Aquaria says, why are you always so negative? And Vixen says, was it something I said? (laughs) And then Aquaria calls Vixen a bitch and says, you don't have to keep coming at me. The Vixen says, but I can. And Aquaria says, shut up. And Vixen says, I would if I felt like it. And so this is the point where Aquaria storms off. Right. So... So let's discuss this, because when this was happening, obviously there's aggression between the two from what happened earlier on with the dress right before the spider thing happened. But there was no reason that the the way this literal conversation happened should have escalated as fast as it did, because it was literally like Aquaria made a bad joke, Vixen pointed out that it wasn't a good joke, and they got in a toughie. Like, it was... Right. So then, Monique says, can we please be sisters? And Vixen says, she ain't no kin to me. And if that is not a drag. And it is. There's no other way to take. That was rough. But at the same time, I get it. I'm sorry. Yeah. The runways. Well, Aquarius says the runways are clearly not being judged. And like, I don't disagree with that statement because it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like that seems to be a thing. And then, um. My favorite part of this whole situation, this whole situation, they cut to Monet, and Monet is tapping someone's shoulder I know, to get them like, to watch. She's like, pay attention, pay attention. <laughs> yes. And you see it in the episode, but you also see it get cut to in Untucked. And it is probably my favorite thing, because Monet's like, we're not part of this, but you need to see it. But look, pay attention, pay attention. <laughs> this is going to come up later. Pay attention. <laughs> Ooh. And then Monique asks Vixen, why, why don't you be the bigger person? And Vixen says... I get what you're saying, but no, essentially. Completely reasonable. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's not like she then turns into a, to fighting with Monique. She's just like, no. And then they're like, nope. Yeah. And Monique says the thing like, we don't need South Chicago. Yes. And Vixen is just like, well. It's here. That's what it is. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's what it is. Except Vixen's not sorry at all. No. Vixen is completely unapologetic about who she is. <laughs> which is, I I mean, I wish I had the fortitude inside of me to present myself in that way. In some, would I present it exactly the way she does? No. But she has conviction. And she's not going to mince words just to protect somebody else's feelings. Because in the end, it is our own feelings to manage, you know? Yeah. So I get that. So but... I would like to I would like to, to rewind mm. a little because I think we need to think about this in a broader sense. Now, if we look at just this episode, mm-hmm. everything Aquaria did was wrong. But how did this really start? Right. Episode one in Untucked, Aquaria bitches that like Miss Cracker copies her all the time. 
And Vixen doesn't let it go. So it they they are both at fault for this escalate. Like they have been fighting and having issues since like the like end of episode one into the beginning of episode two, where Vixen's like, no, what was said and untucked was this. Do you know what I mean? Right. And I think that's that's probably part of Aquarius' continued issue. Right. That's why probably that's why. <laughs> So that's why Aquaria keeps coming for Vixen. Right. And, like, Vixen is, like, we already know Vixen doesn't let shit go. Well, so the like, other thing is, too, is I think that Vixen has a hard time. I don't see her respecting Aquaria as much as the other girls either because she doesn't follow through with her word. So her and Monique have opposing ways of how they would handle people and how yeah. they communicate. And that comes up. You see that time and time again through this episode. Yeah. But... Vixen respects Monique because at least Monique tells it how it is. She's right. very straightforward. Yeah. She says what she means. Aquaria doesn't really do that. No, she doesn't. And I think that's more of what Vixen isn't here for. I don't know that she's, I think that's harder to say. So it's easier to jump, jump on the circumstantial, right. whatever the situation is. But that's probably what it really comes down to, I would guess, based off of all this. Is that's what Vixen isn't really going to let go. Like, you said what you said, but now it's turning into this whole other thing, and you can't even commit to what you said in the first place. You so, know what I mean? Okay. Let's flash, like, let's flash right. back to episode two. Right. Where, so in Untucked, mm-hmm. episode one, first Untucked, Aquarius says, oh, it's definitely going to come up. Like, I'm get, like we're going to definitely discuss it. I think... Uh, at that point, Aquaria thinks that that discussion is going to happen on her own terms. And it happens on Vixen's terms. True. Literally the next episode. Which is not right. Which isn't fair. No. No. Because Vixen wants everyone to be upfront and doesn't want to be a boring season, which she is making sure <laughs> this season isn't boring. If someone did that to me, I would. Well, for I well, I, that's unfair because everybody's going to tackle things in their own time. Correct. So even if you think this is the time. Right. And you think this needs to be handled, whether it's. Uh, purely to be helpful or just to start shit. You know, you're yeah. wrong either way. Right. Anyway, I just, I'm not, I'm not siding with Aquaria. I just feel like. It still needs to be said. Yeah, because, it just needs to be And that's my issue. And that's why I still hold Aquaria more accountable in this episode. Yeah. Is the whole thing stems from you making the comment about the wig. But why did you make the comment about the wig? Because you were so mad about what happened in the previous episode. Right. So who was supposed to say that? You were supposed to say that. You should have said, well, you came for me about this thing I said and made me uncomfortable and I'm fucking pissed. Yeah. So, so yes, I made a comment I shouldn't have made about your wig. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I wonder how different everything might have been at some point. And I forget how young, like, well, not anymore, not, not at this point, but Aquaria is She's big. a child. She's right. barely 21. But then don't the say scene. shit, which is what obviously, well, well, right. So what an adult, what an adult in the room does is away from everyone else, you pull Vixen aside and it's like, hey, can we talk in a very non-threatening way? You go to the other side of the room so it's not happening in front of all the girls. Mm-hmm. You have the conversation. You're like, hey, like, I know whatever. I know that you you want to be the person who like lays everything out on the table, but my discussion with Miss Cracker is supposed to be my discussion with Miss Cracker, not the way you handled this right this morning or whenever time of day, whatever things happening. And then, if the vixen then takes that to the people, then there's like 
obviously that's it's just like you tried to handle the situation in an adult manner like when Trixie pulls Shangela aside to talk about the note it did not happen in front of everyone they stepped aside to have a personal conversation so I'm just saying like I think this all bothers me because it's like literally this should not even be something that even happened like it's so stupid to me obviously I think in the end it's good that it happened of course absolutely because the discussion that's had in Untucked is the way that it ends up in this place is but at the same time, I think it's important to remember that this isn't the real world either. Right. I know, for they're them. in a pressure this cooker, is, yeah. Right. This is, you know, magnified by 10,000 times. There's all these, all this stuff going on. There's all these things that happen that we don't see. And then there's the fact that they could win $100,000. Right. <laughs> like, it's just, that's a lot. So, but I think it's still worth having the discussion and, like, breaking down the back and forth. Yeah. Because it's good. And getting to know them better, but also just, like, having the rhetorical back and forth about and, like, it is Vixen, important to yeah, have. Vixen made it very clear when she walked into the workroom, I'm here to fight. She sure did. So she said it. if you are not going to respect that, then don't be sad about what happens later. Right. But we'll get to that because we, we have get to there. get to the runway. 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 So our guest judges are Courtney Love. And Nico Tortilla, or however you pronounce it. Tortitello. Tortellini. episode aired on the anniversary of Kurt Cobain's death. I just want to put that out there. That is weird. Isn't that fucking bizarre? It's really weird. R.I.P. Kurt Cobain one time every time. I'm not convinced Courtney didn't have anything to do with it, but that's for another time. I just think it's really weird that it aired on that day. I think it's (laughs) so strange. That is really weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you... Do you want to talk about Rue's look? She looked fine. I said yawn. I mean, I think it's something that she was comfortable in because she was clearly sick. Her, she probably didn't have yeah. to tuck. Like, yeah, good just, for you. Her hips looked wider. It was very you know it was I mean? weird, yeah. It was set up to, so she could be comfortable, I think. And yeah. I mean, obviously, if I were sick and I had to do like a full-on production and work like a 16-hour day. Yeah. I'm going to say that I mean? Rue was probably not the most comfortable when <laughs> we talk about some of the outfits that come down this runway. Like, good for you. Yeah. Fuck it. I get it, girl. Um, so we can jump right in if you're ready. Because okay. this is going to be a discussion. <laughs> and we're getting right into the hour point. So, so. the the runway this week is feathers. <sighs> so not much looser concepts can be executed because it wasn't your seen. very best drag. I'm just gonna leave it there. Loosey goosey, literally. What? Yeah, goose. Up to its interpreta- interpretation. A gaggle of geese. Mm. Motor quos. So first up is Blair St. Clair. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Uh, you started. Uh, I liked it. I didn't love it. Uh, same. And I was cute. I feel like we have, like, my issue with her last week was that, like, there wasn't enough volume to her gown. And mm-hmm. I felt like we had mm-hmm. volume. I, I, I feel like I couldn't tell if the feathers were just haphazardly pasted onto the dress or if there was a pattern and I think that was my issue with it because it was pretty it was very black swan <laughs> like I kept thinking of that movie when I was watching her eloquent yeah but I don't I don't know I think maybe another issue with Blair is that she kind of works the runway exactly the same every week so far that we've seen yes yeah so it's kind of like pageant yeah southern pageant yeah I I, I need her to excite me beyond a challenge I, okay. Yeah, because I like her. I, I do too. Think. Genuinely, I believe that right now in this moment, I like Blair. Yeah. So I don't. It's like it's not my favorite, but it's fine. You know what yeah. fucked me up? 
she turns around and she had tan lines like real <laughs> bad and she had on white and i mean when i say tan lines you guys like she had on like a boy cut tank top and so you could see like the back of her neck oh. where she must have gotten color or burned because she looks pretty fair complexioned that kind of distracted me I didn't know that. I didn't this is like an oddly specific, but that's my that's my thing. Okay, so next is Ms. Cracker. Yes, ma'am. Do you want me to start? So I'll I'll jump into this one. Okay, I liked it. Okay, the story impressed me more than the garment itself. Bad episode for this story because it could have been a full thing, but it ter- sure isn't because of all the other shit. And, that right, was and happening. I think that's fine. Yeah, you know, not everything. It seems like Cracker has specific parts of herself that she would like to show off. Maybe, like, only so much of her has been known to the public in her small reach in New York. Right. So now that she's on a grander stage, she's giving us all these different parts of her personality. Yeah. So I appreciated that. I also don't know how much I loved the the cage illusion. Okay. With the gold bits. I don't think that there was, like, enough to them. Would you so have liked it to of, go to the floor? I don't know. I just think it, it either needed to be like more, more volume or okay, or just not on there at all because the garment itself was pretty and I liked her fascinator. It just like as a whole, it just didn't, it didn't kill, it didn't yeah. slay me, I guess. Yeah, it was, okay. it was, we've seen better drag from her. I, 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 Again, the story is what yeah, the story touched is a, me yes, and yes. made it. And I liked the gold incorporated. Well, blue and gold are go really well together. Right. Yeah. So it was like, I think it was all right. It was all, cor- I mean, it was all correct. Exactly. Yes. But something was just kind of like, eh. You know, I just, it was just like, oh, also, like, we see some excellent Excellent. Well, I was going to say week, the next you know? person who comes out after her. Yes. Uh, You know what I mean? Yeah. Clearly, there so. were there were a couple people who suffered for being before or, or after, after someone. Yes, so big time. Uh, Eureka's next. What did you think? I really, I like, I like it. What she do with this a lot, and I, I think my own like my only issue with this is that she lost shape with the jacket. She's kind of a rectangle, a little bit. Which is like, how of any of these queens is Eureka she a rectangle? <laughs> There's sort of a shape to it, and she has a slit at the bottom, okay. which I think is, like, helping to give her sort of a curvier yeah. silhouette. She has the high collar. It well, was very Disney villain. Yeah, and Kristen was bitching about the hair loaf. And I was oh, like, she I liked it in this context. She hasn't done it yet. And I was like, her hair would have had to been up anyway because she had she a has collar. has that huge collar, right. Um, I, but she even says in her voiceover, she's like, I threw a loaf in for the kids because I know they wanted one. And so, like, Eureka is in on the joke. She mm-hmm. knows that we've all discussed mm-hmm. her hair loaves. She sure has. So mm-hmm. it's just like. She knows. She did the thing and we liked it. I liked it. It yeah. slayed me. She came out and I had a reaction because I was like, bitch, damn. She was giving me real world Maleficent. Just she's here with the, with the fucking bird on her hand. <laughs> She's going to cast a spell. She was very Edward Allan Poe. I loved it. It was yeah. real good for me. I was into it. Yes, ma'am. So then we are moving on to the Vixen. Mm-hmm. And I will say that I liked it. The outfit was gorgeous. Her face was right. I was fine with all of that. I just, I liked it all. I didn't hate how she presented it. She was like really selling the side that had all the feathers on it. I was like, okay, girl, work. But I just didn't love the hair. 
I felt like it was very shake and go. It wasn't styled very well, which did the whole outfit a disservice given how beautiful it was. So that was like my only thing. Everything else, I was here for it. It was fine. So I liked the way the gown moved. And I liked mm-hmm. that she did peacock. Mm-hmm. I did not like the sequin peacock on the dress. I wish I could tacky. see it again. Was it? Like, it felt tacky. So it was a peacock. In Untucked, you can see that it's like a peacock that goes into a other peacock. And the, the sequins are all one peacock. Okay, that's what I thought. Sure. It, but uh, it, I don't know. The sequins were distracting to me because she was selling the gown and moving it. But the sequins like didn't go with the peacock feathers. Was it multicolored sequins or was it peacock like blue greens reds purples because i thought i felt i felt i saw some red yeah i don't know there was there was something about the sequins that were and i love sparkly things but it was something off-putting about the sequins on this gown like i don't know if the colors are wrong but like something about it just didn't go with the rest of the dress which was gorgeous and the way she was moving and it was gorgeous it was just like i don't know there was something i just found it really off-putting about the sequins i don't know i found them distracting i didn't like the hair either but i'm trying to be open-minded to things but i really hated well and it's it's hard because this was this look was fine she committed and slayed and did the damn thing but she came out right after eureka and then right before monique who was oh and white i was like what did monique wear (laughs) i wrote all it says is stun and i was like good wait what (laughs) past tom what does that mean (laughs) (laughs) there were times where i looked out at my notes and i'm just like the fuck is that yeah i've learned that i can't i can't do that because i won't remember what i mean i have to give a little bit of context beforehand so she's wearing all white so the lighting she Mm. looked amazing the lighting did her a disservice because there is detailed work on her bodice but you can't see it with the lights because it's white and it just reflects the white back into your eyes Mm -hmm. um but it's not basic that no cape is so pretty she was perfect head to toe for me hair face cape dress i liked the ruffle at the bottom with the feathers yeah i liked i liked all of it i loved how she moved and how she sold it and how she moved the cape around she was beautiful yeah as she came around the corner and i had an audible reaction yeah there i mean there's one more beautiful fairy godmother yeah she looked yeah very angelic that Mm -hmm. is really like the best way to describe monique in this outfit it was so pretty so that brings us to mayhem and i'm curious what you think i hated this i hated it i First of all, there is no animal that pink color. No. Well, and I I know that it's like fantasy, but I feel like up until this point, every all of the colors that we have worked with, like we had seen, were very like oh, realistic colors. True. Yes. So then it's like this hot pink thing, which is different. And like I like that we're like trying something different. My main my main issue with this gown is that the back was a nude illusion and not just nude. No, it wasn't. And it was, like, hanging over the back of the dress a little bit, too. And show us some butt cleavage. If that's what you're going to do. Show me some butt. Pull a detox. Full on show me your ass. I would have rather have seen that because I thought the nude illusion. Because like, if you're going to do, she did bare, bare chest in the front. Why aren't you doing it in the back? I don't know. Just. That makes I, sense. I, I, I feel know. you. So I didn't. It didn't do it for me either. I liked the colors. I could tell that it was well made, but it didn't excite me when she came out. I did not like the wig. With this outfit. I liked the way that it was like wispy, but it wasn't big enough. If it had more volume, I might have I might have liked it better. And when I see her moving it later, I like the dress a lot better. But on the runway coming out in it, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. This is not doing it for me. Yeah. And 
I'm not a big fan of people who wear contacts. Nope. And that was my last note. I don't like the contacts. Contacts. Somebody did beautiful fan art of her where she's making this very intense face. Like almost like a bird attacking kind of. And that made it look really cool. And then I liked the contacts. (laughs) But coming down the runway. No. Did not like the contacts. The contacts go great with the lip sync, but yes. I'm not there yet. Okay, so dust. Nope. Bye. Nope. Yep, hate it was the hair. Hate the makeup. Boot. Hate the shoes. Hate it. I hate the makeup. Is so bad. Yeah. And then you not... see it worn untucked when she's talking, and a couple times they get very close to her face. And I was like, zoom out, zoom out, please, girl. Oh no. It was weird. Honey. It, I did not. I was. I was confused. The, the thing going over her clothes was ill-fitted and ended up in different places. And the way she walks the runway is strange to me. It's just like very, very There's a lot of arms. We're doing arms, We're doing you guys. Some, yeah, do some arms. Noodle if you're arms. driving, do some arms. Yeah, just car. lift your hands yeah, off just, the wheel. Yeah, just, you know, do some serpentines. It's fine. Live dangerously. <laughs> It was Please not don't good. don't do that. We do not. Yeah, we're not liable if you yeah. wreck your car. Don't listen to me. I already made it clear. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, so. Don't listen to me. Boop. <laughs> that's, our new, that's our new theme song. Don't listen to me. Boop. Perfect. There was a pose at the end of that, just so you guys know. Yeah, there know. was. You can't like see it, but. Yeah. I'm sorry, Dusty. I could not with that. No, it wasn't good. It just looked so cheap compared to everything else that came out. Like, literally everything that came out. Literally yeah. cheap. Yes. Mm, uh, so you go ahead. Get, next, get up is, next up is Cameron. And when she rounded the corner, I did my gay gasp. I was like, ah! and I didn't know who it was, even though they, they tell me every week it's Cameron Michaels. I'm like, that's not Cameron. Like, there's. Uh, she was completely. Oh. Oh. She completely transformed. <gasps> metamorphosized. It is so good. It is so good. Unreal. It is so good. It is so <laughs> Can you imagine getting ready next to her? No. And being like, no, oh I'd be my shitting my God. pants. Because that was a concept, oh. bitch. And uh, the way she, whenever the, the way the wings moved when her arms moved was so unreal. Her body? Oh. When you got to see it when she moved, because yes. she served it to us, I was like, The noodle illusion was amazing. Unbelievable. I'm getting chills talking yeah, about like it, because it was so good. The horn, like, she could have gone, like, if she would have done too much on her headpiece, it would have, like, cheapened Distracted, it, but yes. it was, like, the perfect amount everywhere. Oh, and, and her makeup. Her makeup was gorgeous. Because your eye went right to her yeah. face. Because it was the only thing that wasn't, like, mm-hmm. a deep color. Oh, She did good, bitch. I, Stop underestimating Cameron Michaels, please. Cameron is here to make it clear. She's here to bring you fantasy, bitch. Next week is design challenge. And I think Cameron is going to. I want to see her fucking nail it. I do. I want to see her really win. I want her to win a challenge. Yeah, me too. That's what I want. Yeah. So, poor Monet. That <laughs> so, sucks. I feel like I don't know how the order of the runway is. I don't spread, know. But poor Monet pulled whatever was right after Cameron. She was probably like, oh, fuck me. Fuck. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> because I know, I've heard in interviews that some of, like, queens in the past, they're like, you really focus on some outfits and not others because you're not sure what's going to be used. And, like, it's very clear that some, we- like, to me, that that could not have been, like, what Dusty fully imagined for herself because she has she has pulled some way better looks than that already. Definitely. So it's just like that didn't execute. Yeah, didn't land. So Monet, I just wrote, had the misfortune of coming after Cameron. I, it's 
to me, I had the issue with Monet this week that I had with Blair last week. There's like volume missing. I feel like the bottom with the feathers could have been a lot bigger and like a big train. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I don't know. I don't, I don't. Her the- middle wasn't pulled tight enough. And when she took a picture and posted it on Instagram later, the body was a better silhouette mm. to accentuate the bottom of the dress, which okay. helped. Though what you're saying is if it were bigger in general, it would have helped up top. Yeah. But it was just really unexciting. Yeah. After I seen Cameron come yeah. out. It just was like, okay. Yeah. And then did you see, I believe Jenny posted the video of Asia making fun of monet's wig that she wears on the runway i did see that which is super funny it is if you haven't seen that clip it is worth seeking out super funny i do want to see monet in different hair at this point i really do because i feel like it's been very short hair blonde most of the time and i'm ready for something else i don't know that it would have helped in this case because it was supposed to be a part of the look that she was serving, at least right. what I took conceptually based off of, and also what she said on the runway. She's yeah. like, I'm flapper, flapper vintage, blah, 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 blah. Like, like, okay, yeah, yeah, like, I also like finger waves, but please wear a different mic. Thanks. <laughs> Rough. So, so then, then it's Asia. I love this Tweety Me too. I had fun. It was, uh, at first I was like, wait, what? And then she was like, She's having so much fun. And when she blows Mm -hmm. the bangs up, it's super cute. Her face is beautiful under there. All you see her is her beautiful smile. I was here. She was having a great time. She was having a great time. She probably wasn't tucked under there, not since. Good just, for you. She's just free mowing it under mm-hmm. there. She was just yes, bitch. I'd have been naked. Yeah. Who cares? Like <laughs> that's why she's wearing a robe. And I'm so fucking uncomfortable. Almost this entire experience. Yeah. She Trixie Mattel was gagging. She was like, I could have just gone. I in could a have poncho. done this. Yeah, <laughs> feather poncho. for sure. I'm always here for camp. I think. Yeah, and this but, was like camp on steroids. Well, everyone else served you these like fancy realistic or mm-hmm. like very most dark people went fancy. dark yeah really mm-hmm. dark with it and then she comes out she's like like just like serving tweety bird oh it was great it was yeah and i liked so i really like this what i thought of immediately i had like a light switch cover that was tweety bird that's all i could think about and then we have <laughs> Both of our faces just changed. Then we have Yuha. Yuha. Sorry, but Eureka did it better. Yeah, it's just like Eureka. That sucks. Yeah. That's not a good feeling. You couldn't have felt good when you put that on and you see Eureka getting ready and putting her bird on her hand and you're sticking these birds on around your back and shoulders. You couldn't have felt good. Yeah, it just feels like it had to be getting ready for Yuha must have been like getting ready for anyone who's competed in a Madonna challenge thus far. And you pull out your kimono. Yeah. And then the next girl pulls out her kimono. And then the next girl pulls out her kimono. It had to have been Or like that whenever feeling. like Nina Bonina Brown pulls out her like crappier version of the thing that Trinity, Trinity. pulls out. Or oh, like with no. Shay and um, Shay and... Peppermint. Yeah, they both did that. I would have been like, oh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> uh, so uh, then we have finally Aquaria. Which was gorgeous. So... Her makeup is unreal. Oh it's my unreal. god! It's gorgeous. It yeah, gorgeous. she she surprises me every time she does this well. 
it like puts her at a slightly different level for me mentally. Not that I have everybody in a hierarchy because yeah. I don't. I'm not that organized. <laughs> but like I think I put her somewhere mentally and yeah. stick her there to be kind of like forgotten a little bit. Yeah. And then she comes out with something like this, which is like editorial concept. And then she's like giving it to you, like stumbling down the runway. Right. I I think I like I really like the story that she told. There are some mm-hmm. things that I, I wish it would there was more to it. I don't know. There was. I don't know. She served it. I, I don't like. I honestly don't know. In my head, like there was just something missing. But it reminded me of like Raja doing like the carry bucket on her head. I know you didn't watch season three, but it reminded me of that and Ass and Betty's Madonna. Stop it up. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. No, I haven't watched it. You know, I could watch season three yes. right now, yeah, but instead of rewatching five. But anyway. Yeah. So I I, I really liked it, but it, there wasn't like there were people on the runway that were just like I was living for and I was it was it it was like it was cool and had she like been if she would have been like the only person who did something that cool I think I feel you I wasn't fully fully like gagged by it Mm -hmm. but I was just sort of like wow okay I didn't okay I didn't know you were gonna come out with all that good for you all those beautiful red rhinestones crystals yeah I liked it on your face yeah her face Makeup of the night, I think, goes to Aquaria because it was her just makeup un- it was, was unreal. Beautiful. Yeah. Even in the quick drag, she did like a not dramatic, no like right. blood esque, but like a similar sort of palette on her face. Yeah. And she was super beautiful then too. So she knows what she's doing. So we have commercials, the commercials that they did. We sure do. And end of days is first. Yes. So what did you think of end of days? I think it's easy. I think it's easy to say that they did the best overall, Absolutely. and for me, that's very true. They had the best execution of the narration. It was easy for them to make jokes. It was outlandish, yeah, but like funny and relatable. Right, it's good. Yeah, it's, everyone it's, looked great. Um, my favorite thing of the whole thing was Armageddon late tonight. I know. Oh. <laughs> I don't know who wrote that, but the one I don't that... think it was Blair. No offense. <laughs> it was probably Eureka. <laughs> Or no, it's probably Cracker. Cracker probably can write the joke better than... Probably. So then, Fibster. So, I thought, like, I know you, like, said Dusty did okay, but I thought Dusty did very well overall in the challenge. You didn't get to see her in the recording at all, but I thought she, like, delivered. Clearly, she was safe because they gave her barely any airtime except for her story about her family. Mm -hmm. So, um, I thought Monique was cute. So, this is kind of where I, like, really went into it. So... Cameron, like Cameron had too much to do. She was like narrating and then she was doing all this stuff. And it was like, clearly she wasn't your best actress. So why, why are we trusting all of this stuff to her? I agree. I noticed that as well. I didn't understand. Because Mayhem is in like less than two seconds. Right. I didn't, I didn't understand those choices. And honestly, the funniest part of the whole entire thing to me was the laptop that they had Cameron like fake typing on because it was clearly from maybe the early 2000s <laughs> like that prop is old that made me laugh harder than the jokes did no yeah. offense guys so like i said earlier mayhem's doing the voice like the voiceover for cameron i wish i would have noticed yeah. that but i really really didn't yeah that's too much nuance so yeah like i said earlier if you didn't catch it cameron and mayhem were the same person cameron was who appeared on the app mayhem is who showed up to dinner you know what yeah what I'm realizing as we're talking through this, this episode entertained me. Yeah. And there was a lot in it, but it was also exhausting because oh. a lot of it was heavy stuff. It took me three hours to take notes, like, while well, watching and pausing. So yeah. this morning, I mean, I was, like, a mess as I am. I had a hard <laughs> week, you guys. And luckily, Tom is so understanding, but I was late getting here. 
because it took me longer to take notes, even though I woke up on time and I started it, Josh was still sleeping. And I was like, well, I got to watch this. Like, I got to get going. (laughs) And I usually don't pause the episode a lot of times because I'm taking notes on my phone. Like, I can do two at once, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's fine. Yeah. But because there's so much going on and there's layers, I I had to pause it. There was nothing I could do. I will. This is. And I want to rewatch parts of this episode because I enjoyed them. But overall, like, it's a commitment mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Yeah. So I made a comment on the Facebook group that no one was talking about it. And I misread the situation. I didn't think that it was a bad episode, which I did say in my comment on the Facebook group. (laughs) But what I meant was, like, the episode speaks for itself. And I don't think it's one I need to come back to anytime soon. No. Because everything was said that needed to be Right. Yeah. I agree with that. That makes total sense. So should we move on to Madam Butterface? Yes. That was, I love when there is a good surprise. So you just like assumed it was going to be a total mess. Yeah. And there was like definitely the downturn when you uh, delivered her portion of it. But I feel like the high of Asia and her shenanigans was so so high that it like compensated and i thought um aquarius did an excellent job yeah she did fine i didn't like that i could see her fake titties they were like blocks of foam and it's like well if you're supposed to be serving body like do it better i didn't even catch that i did i mean because i liked her face like i thought it was ugly and funny yeah but then she was like moving and she's thinner right yeah not saying that thin people can't serve body that's not true but maybe you could have just, like, left that out because I could see you, like, <laughs> block boobies. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only thing. But, like, really, um, again, the highs were very high for me. Hurricane face. What a beach body. <laughs> Asia. My God. Asia. <laughs> Killing me. Killing me. God bless. So, um, Rue reveals that they're going to be judged individually. Thank fucking God. Uh, the results would have been the same, I think. Well, you, you think? know what? No, never mind. That's a lie because I don't think I think Monet's team would have been safe, and then Asia would not have had the opportunity to win, because I think uh, Blair's team would have been the top team, right? And which then, makes sense. Um, Monet's team would have been the team on the bottom, right? So I guess they're. I bet they were judged individually because they wanted specifically, Asia to win. yeah, to let Asia win, which is fair. Yeah, I well, mean, yeah, she whatever. Deserved to win, yeah. With that runway, which was stellar. Yes. See, so this is like a case where the runway factors in positively because it was so good. Right. And so different that in this case, you know, it helped push her over the edge. Yeah. So top three is Asia, Blair, and Eureka. And then mm-hmm. bottom three is Yuha, Mayhem, and Cameron. So uh, let's talk about the critiques a little because I know that we don't always talk about them because basically we're critiquing the whole episode while we're going through it. Uh-huh. So... Courtney Love is like the punk rock Paula Abdul. She's like, it's a little hard to understand. Yeah, I'm just like, she has like a, I mean, she's had a lot of done to her face. And she's basically like the punk rock valley girl. A little bit, That's yeah. That's basically how she speaks. She's like she kind of an undermate, too. Like, it's like kind of making it hard to understand her. Uh, so they start talking to Mayhem. And this is where my blood starts boiling. Mm. So Mayhem just starts. He just starts making excuses. And the thing is, Mayhem, let's talk. Let's have an aside here. You're smart and you've been waiting for this. And you were just going to let shit fly by and you weren't going to say something? 
The pressure. And I think the pressure just got to her and she folded. It looked like she was turned off this episode. Like mm-hmm. someone flipped a switch on the back, her back and she was like, nope, not doing this episode. And it was just like, how are you going to get this far? Like finally get to RuPaul's Drag Race because it is clearly what you have wanted for so long. And right. what's going to validate you? And you're just going to blow it like that? It's like unreal to me. It, I can't even. I can't. It's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. It was frustrating to watch. I wrote frustrating was my note. And Mayhem talks. So they ask about why she didn't say anything. And she says Monique was the captain and she was just following captain's orders. And so she doesn't really explain how it worked out. She was like, Monique has this big personality. And then literally, literally Michelle's like, were you two like fighting? And Mayhem's like, no. No, I just didn't say anything. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, Mayhem does also not admit that Monique gave her plenty of opportunities. Asked, went out of her way. Monique didn't even have to ask her if it was okay. Monique could have steamrolled her, which she did not. Nope. She asked her more than once. Yeah. Mayhem didn't say anything, and she said, okay, stunning. Yeah. What else are you supposed to do? Yeah. There's literally nothing else you can do in that situation. Like, Mayhem, you just didn't do anything, and you just need to accept that you didn't do anything. Right. You should have owned up and just been like, this you returns, know, I was... This comes back up again and untucked, and yeah. I want to ask you about it, too. So Okay. I'm really curious. It's just, it's just interesting what she said on the runway, and then what she says in Untucked later, I think. Mm-hmm. So, Nico Tortellini is surprised Cameron's on the bottom. And to be, to be fair, if I... If I would have seen that come out and been like, that bitch is safe. She just saved herself. If her, if her commercial's bad, then she is fine. I feel very similar to this outfit that I do to Detox Latex outfit from All Stars 2. That's like, it's on that level for me. I agree. I would put it there. So, but like Cameron did do really bad and I can't She did. She I mean, she wasn't, great. she just didn't do any. I mean, the, the, the problem it is, wasn't exciting she, I feel or like funny. Cameron did a lot of the work as far as like writing the thing went, which could have saved her if she had to argue that because she did a lot for the commercial she just mm-hmm. didn't do some of it very well and then they get to yuha and michelle's like yuha can you explain like it feels like your head's it's one disjointed. place yes your head's one place and your body's a different place yuha begins to explain to everyone something they already know that crows symbolize death of course they fucking do but where does the red tie in where she the... didn't really even no say per no. like no. Straight out. There At was, least I didn't hear it. There was no story. She put on a red wig, didn't really think about it, went out there, and then... They, they were f- like, why is your hair red and why do you have red yeah. roses in it? Yeah. It's... And then she reveals... Then she wrote her own dialogue, and I was like, you're going home! <laughs> like, like there was no coming back from that. Because, like, Michelle was like, well, who wrote your dialogue? Yeah, they were throwing yeah, her, her lifelines yeah. a little bit. <laughs> and, and she's like, I wrote my own. And then both Garson and Michelle, it, like, cuts to both of them, like, and they're just like, well, we know. It's like, it was basically They like, tried. Well, it was like, basically, like, well, we all know who's going home today. Like, there was no right. way that she wasn't going home after saying that. And then after the uh, girls leave the stage, the best thing that happens is Courtney calls Mayhem, Mayhem Miller. And I'm like, oh. She did? Yeah, she said she was Mayhem Miller. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh my God. Courtney Love. And I was like, I I could have listened to Courtney Love talk for like all of the I have judging so people. many feelings about her I, and they're uh, all confusing. <laughs> and I just like don't know how to feel yeah. about any of it. Though she is like she admittedly does have very strong background in fashion. 
because, you know, as she moved through the 2000s, like, she got very into the scene. Mm-hmm. She's doing fine now. She's not, like, a complete piece of shit as she once was, but I was just, like. I like, I love a messy person. I can't believe you, Courtney Love. Uh, my friend Antoine fucking loves her also, so he was uh, lit that she was on this episode. So, the bottom two ends up being Yuha and Mayhem, and Asia wins. No disagreements on nope, my end. Nope, never. No. Um, and then RuPaul's Drag Race, for the first time in the history of RuPaul's, no, that's not the first time, but they finally get it right, where there's a musician <laughs> on the judging panel, and they use said musicians, musicians Which song. surprised me, because usually they don't. I know. Whenever it started playing, I was like, oh, we're doing this. Yeah, like, you're going yeah. to like, like, do this. celebrity skin. We're I was gonna, like, really? <laughs> it's like, what? I was so shocked. Also, I love this song. This is a great song. It's a it's a great song. High energy. Oh, so uh, the second you all starts. <laughs> oh, wait, I have to do, we have to do the, the brief. Oh, 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 you do it, you do okay. it, you do it. The time has come for you to lip sync for your life. Good luck. And don't fuck it up. How was that? That's good. Okay. So, you ha girl. <laughs> there was a brief <laughs> moment when it started. And I was like, oh, no, ma'am, like, what are you going to, how are you going to approach this? Yeah. Because it's giving her background mm-hmm. and her pageantry and how she lived to sink and farm musical. I just didn't know. I told you. I told you. Go back to when we say meet the queens. The 45 minute episode in the middle of Our Source 3. I was like, I watched Mayhem and I was like, she lip syncs to crazy songs. And I, the second. That is that what song, you said. I just wasn't. I just got nervous because I didn't want you how to stay at that point. Well, either. neither did, neither did I. You but know? I was just like the second of the song. It was this song. I was like, Mayhem is But fine. she opens her mouth and I was like, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> She's got this. It's fine. So. I know this lip sync is kind of polarizing, and I think I fall somewhere in the middle. Like, I okay. like what Mayhem did because she built. I love it. I, I just wish she wasn't. And no, this is, like, not her fault. I just wish she wasn't wearing what she was wearing. Because she, the movement was, like. it work for her, though. Because it was very dramatic. Yeah. And then at the end when she's, well, like, she was plucking it out, out. I was living. That was. Yeah. I think that she made the best of it. Yeah. Honestly. Would it have been better if she didn't have it on sure yeah but i think she made no she she the very I liked very it, best of it i liked it much better the second time the first time i watched i was really underwhelmed oh really yeah i was like mm, this is whatever i was shook up but in my head in my head because sometimes i'll prepare a lip sync for my life in my head and Fair. i have to this song before and it did not look like anything that we saw on the stage and I was which like, makes sense I don't know why I think in, like, the term, like, when I hear a song, I think of, like, how it would be presented on the stage, and this is just not how it would have been. How you would have, yeah. sure. So it was just distracting to me, and I'm, what, what was that? I need to address that you ended Air Guitar more than once. No, that was all you did. I don't ever need to see that in a lip sync, ever. You know when I did that? When I did Air Guitar before in my life on the stage? I was eight. In a talent show. And my parents made me lip sync to uh, old time rock and roll. And I slid out on the stage like Tom Cruise slides out in Risky Business with like a man's shirt on. That's a movie reference. So I don't know if you're going to fully understand. But it's like an iconic thing. Whatever. My parents. I never even seen the fucking movie because I was eight. But my parents were like, it'll be really funny if you slide out on stage in men's clothes and lip sync to this song. I did air guitar, but I was eight, so it was cute. 
in this context, not fucking cute. I was just like, what are you doing? And then she's like, sort of smiling, like a little bit. Like she's like, got like upbeat energy. And I was like, bitch, did you miss grunge? Like, what are you? No, that is not the way to approach this. You didn't stand a chance already, but then you did air guitar and you're like half smiling. Bye. It's fine. See you later. <laughs> uh, and then Yuha loses the lip sync and we get into Untucked. We sure do. So this- and I just want to apologize to all of our fairy berries in the Facebook group. I didn't post the thread right at the end of the episode. I've committed to doing that. I have very few jobs that I'm committed to for the podcast, and that is one, and I didn't do it. I was like 37 minutes in when I realized I didn't post the thread, so then I posted it. So next week, what's going to happen is I'm going to say no spoilers. Maybe after the first commercial break, I'll put up a live thread episode thing, or it could be a part of the no spoilers thread. I don't know. Whatever. And then at the end, post like a post-episode reaction. What I'm trying to say is I'll do it right next week. Sorry. You figure it out. Yeah. My bad, guys. Like, Tom purposely goes on Radio Silence because he doesn't always watch live. Correct. And so it's my, that's what I mean. Like, it's my responsibility. And I fucking dropped the ball. And I felt really bad about it. I had a bad week, you guys. I'm sorry. It didn't bother me at all because I didn't know what happened until, nope. like, the next day. <laughs> no, you didn't. But I just wanted to say sorry because I feel bad about it. But, Okay. Now we can get into Untucked. Okay, so in Untucked, the kind of first thing that kind of happens at all is Monique is a little bit worried that she's going to get thrown under the bus because she was team captain for two of the people in the bottom. Right. And I get that. And I would also be afraid. So Aquaria brings up, like, well, Mayhem has said that she feels like she's overshadowed by big personalities. Mm-hmm. But when did Monique have a big personality with Mayhem when she was discussing what should be done on this commercial never happened not a one time never not once did it happen where monique was too much to handle no i wouldn't i absolutely not yeah so dusty was like do you really think either one of them would throw them under the bus (laughs) and monique is like i'm gonna record the episode when it airs and i'm gonna call up a sister if she did throw me under the bus ask her what she actually said and then play it back for her she was like, I'm going to put you on blast if I on feel like YouTube. you dicked me over. Yes, ma'am. And I was like, well, I mean, that's fair enough. I get it. I really do. Because I yeah. would be just as worried. So let's get into this Aquaria versus the Vixen. Oh. So okay. so Monique is like, well, I really want like, I think Monique is like, I would like to clear the air and like, let this be over. Well, because it has to be fucking awkward. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it feels awkward on our end, but sitting in the actual room after all this. Yeah, because I would, per- I would like, if I had something, if I was in the office and something like this blew up, I'd be taking a personal day the next day and be like, you figure this out. I'm not coming Exactly. Back. Yeah. I don't want to be in this environment. Yeah. So Cracker says that they're both instigators and they're both very intelligent and they know how to push buttons. Which is correct. Yes. And I just want to take this moment because I know what happens later too. Yeah. But I appreciate that Cracker puts her foot down so she is hurt because that's like the correct thing to do in this situation when there's like so many personalities to establish your power in a group of people like this. Mm -hmm. You played it correctly. Also, she contributes to the conversation well, which I appreciated. Yeah. 
So I really, really liked that. So please, we can pick up. Yeah, so Vixen kind of talking to Monique says, listen, I can still love you, but also come for you because if you say something that I think is out of line, I will tell you. So I think if you focus on this line, then this could have been a better conversation, but no one did. (laughs) Because I'm going to personally bring personal unwrapping personal things if if i respect you and like you and hold you in high regard i will come hard i will like if you fuck up i'm gonna come for you harder than i would someone i disrespect because you care because i don't care about them right like if you're gonna be a fool be a fool but don't like i don't feel like it's on my time if i don't respect you or like include you in my circle so i like this statement i think this is like i think I can appreciate that, but I'm not sure that what Vixen's doing is coming out of high regard or respect for Aquaria and what she's doing. I don't know. I You can argue against it, but it doesn't seem like to this point that it doesn't either one of them way. care for each other. Right. So Vixen says, I'm responding to you thinking that my drag was not good. Right? Right. So. Because ultimately that's what it comes down to. So then... She just says that she's retaliating to what Aquaria said. Because, like, you said it. Mm-hmm. And we, so everyone agrees, including Aquaria, that she has said the thing. <laughs> like, that's not, no one's arguing that, right? Mm-hmm. So Aquaria said, basically said it again. Think about the best dragon, the stupid wig. <laughs> this is like that tank top and all had to. <laughs> she had to fully regret. Yeah. Fully regret this in every way. And Aquaria, it doesn't sound any different than it did before. Like, now you're like, you're talking about this, Aquaria. Don't be a fucking little brat when it gets brought up again. Because you're. this is problem one, and this is why voices start getting raised. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Cracker then points out to Aquaria that her approach to reading people and, like, pointing things out is not always read the way she thinks it's coming out. Like, the way Aquaria approaches things does not come out the way Aquaria thinks it does. She's being, it comes off as cunty. Yeah, and so... Which seems to be an interpersonal issue with her. Yeah. Because they're referencing things that we haven't seen. Right. As to why her message isn't always received as she thinks it's going to be. Right, because the next thing that comes up, Monique says, she just confirms basically what Cracker said. Like, Aquaria came at her for her feather outfit in this... Like before they went on stage, I don't know where it happens because we don't we don't see it. There's not footage of this, but I would imagine it's like while they're waiting to go on the runway, and like Monique says, my guards were up because it was you. Like had right. someone else said something about my gown, I don't think I would have felt so defensive. But because it was you, I knew it was like ooh, like right. who knows what's coming. So clearly, she has an issue communicating. Yeah, I think that's fair. Right, and she also seems to have a problem. Of being able to dish it and maybe... Not take it. Right. Yeah. Get on that line where it, like, is getting into cunt territory. But then as soon as someone steps to her and maybe she's a little raw about something or she doesn't want to hear it, whatever, then it's a fucking problem. It's Alexis Michelle. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So Dusty then also confirms what Cracker says, that in New York City, that she feels like Aquaria was just a big jerk to her and very standoffish. Didn't have a relationship with her at all. Yeah, and... I mean, I feel like the New York scene is like a big drag scene, but very small. 
too. It definitely it, it, feels that's how it, that like, way. It feels like there are a lot of them, but they all know each other and they know the tea whenever they're going to go work with someone, how that night's going to go. I believe Katya said that too in another, I don't know, outlet at some point, but it's documented. She basically said the same thing, like, before you come into a gig, we all know whoever you are. Like, we already know about you. Yeah. So don't act a fool or be shitty to your sisters because it's going to get around and it's going to affect your night. So it's surprising. I don't know. It's surprising that she has a popular following in the first place, kind of, if, like, you're cunty. Well, I, most of her followers are, are on the internet, I guess. Well, yeah, like on Instagram. You don't know what she's like in person. Yeah. I will say that I knew I knew who Aquaria was before coming into this because of the internet. But it had nothing to do with her lip sync or her personality. It had everything to do with that she showed Looks. up in my Discover. Sure. She's good at SEO. Mm-hmm. So Dusty asks to Aquaria, she says, what's the difference between you and Vixen making a snide comment? Tears. This is when Aquaria yep, starts crying. sure does. So <laughs> then Vixen points out, she's like, you have just created the narrative that I am the angry black woman because I made the little white girl cry. Mm-hmm. And who can argue that? No one. No one can fucking argue that. Because in the end, that's exactly what it comes down to. And I can understand getting emotional because when I'm in situations like this, I can sometimes, like, cry. when I Maybe I'm even mad and I can yeah, cry. Absolutely. But you, you need to pull it together a little bit. Everybody's working to have this be a productive conversation at this yes, point. No sure. one is yelling. No one is threatening to beat each other's asses. Mm-hmm. It's not a bitch I'm from Chicago moment. It's no. really not. Everyone is talking about this very honestly, and you're crying. It just irritated me. It worked my nerves so bad. You pull it together. Maybe you're still crying, but you don't need to, like, boo-hoo and get a tissue. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was, like, an audible, like, and then exactly. it was, like, tears. Yeah. Like, let them tears stream down your face, but, but, but listen, don't, don't have draw your e- yeah. attention to yourself. Yeah, have your ears open and hear the conversation that's happening. Exactly. And basically, at this point, you don't say anything, Aquaria. Just, just, like, don't. Just listen. Ask how to be better when everyone said their piece. That's how this should have gone. I agree. But it's not. Completely. It's not. No. My favorite thing is, though, they pan to Dusty, who is, like, panic. Yeah. She's like, panic. holy shit. Yeah. Fuck. And she was like, <laughs> she was like, I'm so glad that I am not in this conversation and that I am not, I am not, I don't have beef On the receiving end? Yeah, like, I would have felt the same way, yeah. too, because it's like, shit. I mean, and it's a conversation that needs to happen, but Absolutely. I could be glad I'm just a spectator. Uh yeah, because for a second they cut to Miz. I think Miz wasn't as, or Cracker wasn't as bothered by the conversation happening, but she looked shocked that we were like, do, we were like, like doing this. But she this. like nodded she, yeah. too, because she was like, I mean. She's like, I get it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes, this happened. So, and I had said this, I feel like I don't know if I said this yet outright, but if Aquarius still had a problem because of what happened earlier when Vixen held her accountable and forced her into having a conversation about the whole Aquaria versus Cracker thing, then that's what Aquaria should have said instead of continuing to fuck with the Vixen about it. And now it's because of the way this whole thing has gone down up until this point, and now she's crying, and all these other people are bringing up how she talks to people. Clearly the issue is how Aquaria is choosing to communicate with these queens. Mm -hmm. Clearly, again, it's an interpersonal issue. 
Absolutely. You're not making your, you're not sending your message clear enough for people to receive it correctly. Or you're not saying what you really mean, which I guess could still be said because clearly you didn't. If you would have just said to Vixen, like, I have a problem. I'm still mad. Whatever. Right. Instead of picking on her for this one thing and making it into an issue, you Mm -hmm. know, it would have been a completely different situation. As we both said many times at this point, you in particular. So then what happens next? So Vixen is just like, leave me alone. And that's, (laughs) if Aquaria says anything stupid to the Vixen past this point, she is God Very rest stupid. your soul, yeah, right? Like, because you you can't be helped. Because then this is when Cracker. Because not only I don't think only the vixen would come for her. I think everybody would. would. Be like, they would be like, "Why are you still pushing the issue?" Yeah, like we had this discussion. Like, what are you doing? Let's, yeah. So then this is when Cracker is like, "Well, instead of meeting people at a ten, maybe you can meet at a five. Right. Right. And then Monique backs up and says, "You can pick and sh- you pick and choose when you want to be vulnerable." Right. So I wanted to point out here that Vixen does listen because clearly she takes in what each of them, what what they said to her and she responds and she's not shitty about it. Mm -hmm. She's just like, no, it's a hard no for me. I can't do that. And that is admirable to me. Is it likable? No, not always. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not, that's not, that's not anybody's favorite thing. Um, Now... Again, our reaction to her is our responsibility, though. So yeah. somebody could step to you like that, but you don't have to meet Vixen at a 10 just because she responds to something that way. That is very because, true. Because, again, Vixen's reaction is her responsibility, right? Because we have seen something similar play out in All-Stars 3. Because whenever, oh my god, what's her name? Morgan comes back and like comes for Dela. Mm-hmm. Morgan is coming at a 16 and Dela just shuts down. So there's like another reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it can be like it, you don't have to meet it with no, where it's, it's coming. No, it's on yeah. everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think it's very easy, especially when it's on TV. For sure. And everybody is so into the content because obviously we're all tr- invested in these people at yeah. this point. It's really easy to be like, well, this person. Right. It's this. It's the vixen. Da, 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 da. Not always. If you're breaking it down as we are, right. you know, everybody has a choice in how they react to someone. And it doesn't mean that Vixen is bad or wrong just because this is who she is and this is how she talks to people. Yeah. It doesn't even necessarily mean that she's being, she's attacking somebody or she's being negative either. You know what I mean? Just because she might answer intensely. That's just her gig. Right. She has made that clear. There should be no confusion moving forward that, like, Vixen's going to come at you hard. There is There's no not going to be any... Pussyfooting around no. it. It is just going to be... It's She's going to tell you what it is. Yeah. And whether you like it or not is not of her concern. So, <laughs> bear that in mind. Yeah. So, um... Aquarius trying to get a word in edgewise and no one's letting her not that like <laughs> well what could you possibly say at this right point? but I kind of would have <laughs> would have really liked to hear I'd be like well what are you gonna what try you, to say what do you honestly you have to say at this point no. um, but Monique does say like to Vixen like the way you're be like reacting and the way you choose to react that's your own shit and what you're what you were seeing is your own shit right what you're 
because she starts saying like now it's gonna seem like i'm being some type of way right now because i'm sitting i'm sitting here staunch in my truth and you're over there continuing to cry and whatever whatever but everything has been said at this point yeah so you still having that concern as monique said is is on you right right because and that's fair too because again we all are adults Remember how everyone was like, Drag Race doesn't dis- doesn't discuss racism? I think they've heard your cries. They've heard our cries. So here, I don't think this conversation's over or like Never. finished. Yes. But it's just like, here we are. Here we are on Drag Race discussing it. So oh, the other queens come back and then Dusty trying to move the conversation away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, um, you ha, how did your um, critique go? Yeah. <laughs> like, it was like, yeah. so Giving it a shot. <laughs> um, Eureka's like, they didn't understand my concept. And Eureka was like, there wasn't one. Right. <laughs> like, it just is what it is. Um, and then they start talking to Mayhem and ask about her critiques. And she was like, my dress was hair mess. And Eureka was like, weren't some people thrown under the bus because both of you were. And this was the moment we were all waiting for. And so someone starts talking. And Monique's like, pause. So I wrote down this whole thing. <laughs> okay. And there's a whole reason why. Okay. So I love when it came time for Monique and Mayhem to have their discussion, Monique turns to Vixen. So she's paying attention. Yeah. She literally turns in her seat. So she says, so, okay, pause. Let's go here. I'm going to check my tone because I was already on the defense, feeling like I would get thrown under the bus because I made sure to ask over and over again, do you feel like your opinions were heard? Okay, so Monique is addressing Mayhem, but she turns to Vixen, so she notices the way that she's approaching the situation to make a point to Vixen. And Vixen smiles because she knows exactly what she's doing. And I think in the end, it's showing that Vixen's aware. Like, yeah. she's listening. She just, she she understands it, but it's just not her style. It's just not. She's not Monique. But I appreciated. The way that Monique just continued to make the point. Yeah. Like, by the way, you could handle it this way. Because yeah. I'm I'm about to get in my feelings right now. Yeah. Because, like, sometimes, like, Monique is just like, this is how you check yourself, but still make the point that you are, like, upset. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I just want to make sure Vixen is given credit where credit is due. Because she was not at all the angry black woman stereotype. Or angry black yeah. person stereotype. At all. She didn't threaten to lay hands on someone. She didn't get in anybody's face. She sat on that couch, posted up, and was just like, this is what it is. Yep. Leave me alone. Simple as that. Yep. Simple as that. So then we're fully moving on Well, into that whole exchange. So, like, what did you... What did I think? Yeah. This infuriated me. Like, Mayhem was just like... I didn't like... Mayhem just was like... Not cool. Just Mm-mm. like, basically, doesn't talk again, and it's like, here, preach whatever you wanted to say, because here is the time to say what you wanted to say, mayhem. Because clearly, you didn't do it before the challenge on the runway, like you didn't do it. So say it to Monique, because clearly you had some issue communicating with her. What was the problem? Monique needs to know the problem, and then who answers? But your Rika. Yep. It says. Well, Monique, you have a strong personality. And Monique interrupts her only because, like, Monique is like, did I not give you ample opportunity to say your piece to me in a manner where no voices were raised, in like, no one was mad, 
No, like Cameron wasn't mad. No, no one, one was, was mad. Mm-mm. And Monique handled mayhem so delicately because Mon- like mayhem was like so retracted the whole time. M- Monique knew that being like an overtop. Monique knew, knew that being Monique would not have flown discussing things with Mayhem. So she brought it down. She brought it down to Mayhem's level when she was... And, like, the fact that, like, Mayhem... The next thing that's said is, like, so heinous to me whenever uh, Mayhem and Cameron walk away. I know. I... I have, like, a whole... I have a whole thing. <sighs> because while they're still talking here... Because Mayhem totally plays the victim in this A whole little s- bit. Yeah. Without, no. without outwardly making it... Because she's... Because the other thing is, too, is she doesn't really say much. Like you said, she's still pussing footing around it almost. So Eureka comments on how Monique is a strong leader, mm-hmm. you know, and a strong personality. And Monique ultimately says, I very, very do. Because <laughs> she knows. Yes. And I just love how she speaks. And I love her choices as far as how she even continues to engage with people here. Because while I try to people please a lot, personally, I've been more like Vixen in the past where I get like really defensive with people in a situation like this where it's just like, well, you're not saying shit, blah, 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 blah. Like open your fucking mouth. But instead you can see Monique's getting in her feelings about it as other people continue to talk and Mayhem doesn't say anything. Because like the way that people are coming at Monique as if she like had said something wrong or done something wrong is it would have furthered, and that's not fair. So instead, what she does is she buttons it up and sponges it off. Yeah. Because she's just like, you know what? Now's not the time. So, the, and that's when she walks off. Mayhem and Cameron are talking, and Cameron says, "I'm not here to play dirty." Who is playing dirty? That was my question. The the vixen's not playing dirty. Aquaria might be. Uh, maybe Aquaria. I guess. Because she's the only one instigate. Like, but. She, she wasn't a part of this particular situation. It doesn't even matter. Like, So who, what are you talking I, about? You, you cannot, no one can come to me after that episode and say that Monique was playing no. the game. Right. And I was like, what, how it's all a game, whatever, whatever. I was like, what are you even referencing? In yeah, like someone moment? explained to me. Like Monique's trying to be the victim? Is that what you're trying to imply? Because that's not what it was. Monique, being an, a, a full adult, is owning her questions and yeah. asking them yeah she was like whereas you couldn't even speak your needs and say you wanted to be the fucking narrator girl wonder, so what game are you referencing just so many opportunities it's just like what 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 were we given some really bad edit where like it was like there's no way i don't understand it but it was weird because they still had the conversation Away from everybody. Yeah, it was weird. So it's like a little shady seeming. If anyone's so. playing a game, it's you two over there in the corner. Over there whispering. whispering. Right. And Monique's watching you. Well, first of all, she's not. Because if you... You, you can don't... See, oh, she's you not? You can see Monique oh, okay. in the background of the wide shot. She's like talking to other people. Oh. They just keep showing her looking in that direction and editing it. Oh, in. fuck that. But it's not I'm like... so so, so gullible. Yeah. No, there's, Monique <laughs> is not actually just sitting there watching them talk in the corner steaming. She is oh, fully okay. having a different conversation with other people. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's but, good at least. Well, yeah, because I, I was watching Because that would have made me fucking even more angry. Right. Were I, Monique, in this situation. Yeah. Sorry, I'm petting the dog. That's what oh. that noise is. Uh, and then, I don't know. Do you have anything to say about, like, Yuha 
No, she just looks like a fucking idiot, Yuha, preparing for the lip sync. Oh, she does. She looks like a goddamn dummy. That's the only note I have after that. She just, like, does this. I don't know. It's very She's, like, in the mirror, like, pretending to smile, like, while she's, like, lip syncing. And I was like, is this what you think is going to help you, I guess? Yeah. It was weird. It made more sense, too, because if you watch the Whatcha Packin', also she says it again i think she says it maybe once at the end of the very at the very end of the untucked but she was just like i thought i was doing really well oh like i thought i was gonna be okay you know what i mean yeah she just got caught up and thinking she was fine i guess Uh, yeah like i will say like this season as far as like the people while they're packing their clothes have we this is the most years we've seen it's a lot so like normally in past seasons, people who get eliminated this early are just pretty bitter, and they're not crying; they're just bitter. No, right? But yeah, they're just, and it just really shows you like, and it shows in all of their performances that like they're here to like truly to win. I they're cannot. Committed. Is there a front runner? No, not right now. I'm confused. I don't know. I'm. I don't know who's gonna win yet, or like I don't even know who's gonna be in the top yet because I don't even know who's going home next week. Like. It's very unclear. We've already cut out, like, the couple people we thought were going to be first out anyway. And now it's just, like, fair game. Mm-hmm. And I like that. This is more exciting. And I, um, was it Fairy Berry Kevin tweeted at us that, like, the spoilers are all, all wrong. wrong. And that is yes. so satisfying. So they must have done something right for season 10. because I'm this, so glad. Because I can't even imagine thinking something was going to be one way. And then it was, like, completely different. Completely different. Insane. That's wild. That's awesome. It is really, it's really cool. So is there anything else you'd like to say as we wrap up? No, this this was one hell of an episode. It sure was. So if you don't already, we are on all the social medias. We are. Yeah, we're on the Facebook. We're on the Twitter. We're on the Instagram. Just search for us. It's much easier. Or in your description box in your podcast listening place of choice, there is, is, there's links. You just click. And your phone takes you there. Yes. Just do that. It's so much easier. Please rate and review us. Yes. We have. Oh, I meant to. I think I have one pulled up. Hold on. Let me see if I can read one of those real quick. It really helps us <laughs> improve. It helps us find new listeners. You all are going to roll your eyes with the one that I picked. <laughs> it gives us visibility. Yes. Tell your friends. So here's a fun fact for those of you who don't podcast. There's an algorithm, but they don't tell you what it is, how to do better. Fuck them. I don't know how. I don't. But like rating and reviewing us does does us does good. seem to yeah. help. Yeah. So this is from K I E Z one twenty, and the title of this is breaks down the show smoothly, and this is what it says. <laughs> I love Tom's voice so much. He's like a sweet little angel. Great podcast, fun and don't hold back. Nice job, guys. I did not mean to pick that one. I was going to have you read that one because I think I picked two for this episode. Anyway, because I forgot to do it because we normally do it at the top of the show. It's okay. We have a Facebook group. If you like to do that kind of thing, join us. We're always there. We will chat with you all week. And we also have an email. Itbearsrepeatingpod at gmail.com if you want to write an essay to us or something. And we Go will, ahead. We, 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 well, we don't get that many, but we do read them all and we respond to them all. And that's, that's the tea. And if it's interesting enough, we might make it to air. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're working on some exciting stuff for you guys. Oh, we are, guys. Some new ways to help support us if you're interested. Yes, yes, yes. I'm mostly excited because I benefit. 
not from <laughs> not from what you guys offer, but just we've been discussing things, and I literally like was like almost so excited that I cried the one day, and I was like, I'm very excited You're about so some sweet. So. Do all those things we just said. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you for listening to us. We love you. Thank you, KIZ120, for that review. It was very sweet. Thank you for liking my voice. It's, a, it's such a weird thing to take a compliment on. It's not like I'm singing. I'm just speaking. No, you're just... Like, but thank you. You're just that bitch. I'm just that bitch. You sure are. So, we will see you next week. We sure will. Okay, my name's Tom. And I'm Tiffany. And we will see you next time, okay? Oh, it's been a bear's repeating. And it does. <laughs> it's okay, right? It's forced. Uh, yeah, we are done. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Bye, Bye, everyone. <laughs> oh, no. No, you couldn't quite locate. Hey, bear's repeating.